With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. For over 10 years, VOC Nation has taken listeners behind the scenes of the greatest moments in pro wrestling history. Our hosts are not only experts on the business, but have lived in the business. Subscribe and hear weekly podcasts from hosts like legendary pro wrestling journalist Bill After, former Impact Wrestling star Wes Briscoe, former WWE and AWA broadcaster Ken Resnick, former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez, former WCW star The Maestro, NWA legend The Raging Bull Manny Fernandez, and much more. VOC Nation programming is free on most major podcasting apps, including iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Podcasts, iHeartRadio, and Radio.com. And video podcast and bonus content is available on Patreon for as low as $3 a month. What are you waiting for? Head to VOCNation.com and dig into the most comprehensive podcast network built for pro wrestling fans. Find us on Facebook and Instagram at VOC Nation Wrestling Network and follow us on Twitter at VOC Nation. Hey, this is Total Package Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star Stro Maestro, Kathy Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are. And we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Taku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Resnick. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airline cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have cried? Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. New episodes air on VOC Nation Wednesdays at 6 p.m. 
Join Paul Baker, Dave Cartney, Mark Viquez, Dan Calachico, and guests from throughout the sports world on the Stadium Journey Podcast on VOC Nation. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week. Talking dream matches. Taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th, featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventsbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, As We Become Ghosts, and Shades of Grey. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Yo, this is Jerry Stein of the Nasty Boys. Yeah, Brian Knobs here. Yeah, you get ready to get nasty. Well, listen to the VOC Nation, baby, because it's about to get nasty all around and up in this mother. Get ready. Nasty Sensation is coming at you. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks, having started way back in 2010. VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirtz. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirtz, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show, and recent guests have What's up? This is the phenomenal one, AJ Styles, and you're in the room with Brady Hicks. Radio Network at VOCNation.com. 
Uh, Brady Hicks here. I'm so excited to be here. And uh, as you can tell, I've learned how to do Zoom, Zoom virtual backgrounds. So it's just a matter of time before this totally goes off the rails. But uh, that's for those who are on the uh, the YouTube. Be sure to search for us, by the way. Uh, the Odyssey Nation, just search for us on YouTube, and you'll be able to find a lot of the, the great little nougats that we bring to the table each and every week. Uh, so anyway, as I said, my name is Brady Hicks. I'm joined once again by the lovely Kathy Fitz. What's going on, Kathy? How you doing tonight? Good, Brady. How are you? I'm good. I, I can't complain. Things, things are hunky-dory. Things are hunky-dory tonight. Uh, <laughs> also joining us, because we are on Easy Street, it's the one and only maestro of professional wrestling. Fresh off of pay-per-view, by the way. What's going on, Stro? Oh, man, it's so great to be with you guys. It's been such a busy couple of weeks between being on set for two horror shorts upcoming and uh, a pay-per-view for XWW Extreme World Wrestling uh, the other night. So I'm just happy to be here with you guys. It's just the main event of the week right here, man. <laughs> and last but certainly not least, uh, we have Ray Bogus once again. Ray, my friend, how are you doing tonight? Good to be back, Brady. You know, always just so excited to talk about all of the fabulous decisions. I'm going to say the best. I'm going to say probably the best wrestling that happened was was Stroh's pay-per-view appearance. I would have to assume so. What would have to assume? Stroh, was it better than Daniel Bryan and Roman Reigns? Yes. (laughs) Well, (laughs) no (laughs) sense. I'll take it. What can I say, right? I'm sold. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. WWE oh, uh, coming off of Fastlane, and uh, now I guess we're on the, the road to WrestleMania, you know? I, I, I am so curious. I, I see that they've started to uh, kind of hone in on the matches and stuff. Uh, so we've had a couple of developments this week, and we certainly can talk about those. Uh, 914-338-1885. Uh, one of the big ones is Andrade was released, and Uh, I think that was kind of my topic tonight is WWE. I mean, I know they have a huge roster and I know that, um, I know that they really don't need so many guys, but sometimes I look at this, right. And I think, do they realize like who they're cutting and who they're leaving? It's, uh, it's kind of silly to me. I, I, I feel like Andrade has probably been the leader of the kennel for at least the last six months. And I would assume that now Alistair Black is sharing a uh, a five by five by himself at this point. So first off, isn't "Leader of the Kennel" a song by the Crystals? <laughs> it might be. Yeah, that's right. Brady, <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to go ahead and pull up the Raw roster. We're gonna we're just gonna okay. see we're just gonna see like who. We're just gonna we just pick a show at random. We'll pick Raw. We're gonna pull that up and see who's left besides Andrade because I think you're bringing up a really good point. And it's that I, there there seems it's one thing to say that we need to cut someone because we just don't have the roster space to keep paying these people. That I get. Like nobody. Nobody on this show more than me is going to be sympathetic to cold, brutal, uh, emotionless capitalism. Mm-hmm. 
<laughs> that being said, I love cold beer. Is I used to date her in college, actually. Aha. Oh. <laughs> Sorry. That being said, that cold fish. <laughs> <laughs> that was when I broke up with Cold Brutal. Sorry, go ahead, Ray. Okay. Oh. People that are left on the roster, and this is just alpha. It lists them alphabetical. So, okay, you know, you know, you have names that sort of make sense: AJ Styles, Alexa Bliss, Oscar, Becky Lynch, Bobby Lashley. You know. Now, now, now we start getting here, here's some things we don't see that now. What's David Otunga doing for you? Is he really on that roster? <laughs> I thought he was gone. He's probably doing coffee commercials with Juan Valdez. What the heck? And 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 he's uh, he split from his girlfriend, right? The the uh, actress. Mm-hmm. So he literally has no value anymore. That that's a shame. I did like him, but that's a shame. He he could never figure out what his gimmick though. He was a bodybuilding. Lawyer who liked to come out to the Lion King song. I I could never figure out anything about him. Nothing made sense. <laughs> no, no, none of it made sense. Okay. <laughs> now we scroll past the names who. That's right, kids. There might be some other names on this list that, like, if you're listening to the show, you're going like, "Why is it Ray reading those?" And it's because those names are no more or less replaceable. Than uh, than any than anyone else. <laughs> Not to single out David Otunga. <laughs> well, it's, I'm, I'm specifically picking. I, I want to officially pick out people who like, <laughs> like the idea that okay, we're going to get rid of on Friday. That's fine, but let's look at who else is still left. Like people that are clearly less valuable at this point. Guess who's still on that roster? MVP. Why? What do you mean? You don't like MVP? It's not that I. It's not that I don't <laughs> like him, but like I, I think you gotta have him. I don't know. I, I'm looking at. I'm looking at this as like you know value. Value being brought now. Well, that's that? fine. We can. I I would keep him I, unless it's 2019. I would keep him. All right. 2019. He was about, like David Otunga. Am I right, Kathy? No, she won't say that. How about nice. Riddick hey, you're Moss. right. You're right. <laughs> Riddick Moss. Which one is that? Mm. Oh, um, oh, that was a 24/7 champion. That uh, he was like an NFL like lineman or something, wasn't he? I don't know, but he's still listed on the roster. <laughs> I think we should probably fix that. I think he was on the roster from when they were doing those uh, Raw Underground segments. Yeah, he could go. Either that or try to do something with him on NXT. Maybe. All right. How about uh how about um generic newscaster Jason Jordan? Jason Jordan. Well he's um he's he's like an agent backstage, isn't he? I think he is. Yeah, he's he... Kurt Angle's son, right? <laughs> yeah. But he retired. Like he had to retire. Then he should. Then he should go to. Uh, he should go to TNA. That'd be a good place for him. <laughs> That'll be next. When Chad Gable leaves, I'm sure he'll uh, suddenly be able to so wrestle again, the, and he'll be all over the Indies. 
So let's look at the SmackDown stars. Okay. So we'll we can go ahead and look at the look at the SmackDown stars. So scroll down here. I scroll down here to WWE's website, the least user-friendly website on the face of the earth. I just go to Wikipedia. I like to go. To, I'm going right to the source, Brady. I am trying to be up to okay. date. Okay. Okay. All right. Now, again, you've got names on here where, like, you at least see value, or you know, they're clearly. Sorry. Go ahead. Yes. Lay off the Ridlin. Or they clearly have uh, they clearly have something going on for them. How about Bo Dallas still listed on the roster? Yeah. Um I gotta think at this point that's a favor to his brother. It's a shame because he should be able to do something. He's a pretty talented guy. Um right. yeah, he, he believes. That was fun. That was a fun gimmick. Holy! Yeah. He talks like Mr. Hanky. Now this <laughs> one might be. This one might be a little. This one might might spark a little discussion, but I I just don't see what he's doing for you, and I don't see what he's done for you his entire time. Why is King Corbin here? <laughs> um. <laughs> Well, I mean, he still has a a role, you know. He's like that. He's that annoying heel that they don't really have on SmackDown. I mean, here's the thing: is that you can get other guys to be an annoying heel, and the reason King Corbin is in the spot that he's in is because. They they brought him onto the roster, and nobody who watched found him to be particularly interesting. So they tried some other gimmicks, and nobody found him to be particularly interesting. And they've tried him in different roles, and they just he, he's not interesting to people for whatever reason. And that's not even necessarily a shot against him. I'm not interesting either, just by my nature. It's um. But, like, I was, I was going to say, like, I, I, about a, a year, a little more than a year ago, he had that um, Falls Count Anywhere match at the Royal Rumble against Roman Reigns. Yes. And it was a very yes, good every... match. And obviously Roman wasn't going to lose that match, but it went all over, and it lasted a very long time. And I, I thought it was entertaining. Um, that probably is the last time that I really cared about him. That's really I mean I would say that's probably the last time that, that they've cared about him. Yeah. I mean he you know, he had that alliance going with um Cesaro and Shinsuke, but Yeah, no, he hasn't really done a whole lot. But again, I, I don't think and again, like we're we're kind of we're naming these names. It's not that they're talentless, it's that WWE's doing nothing with them and it's like why are they there? Now, I see a lot of commentators here. I see a lot of commentator names here. Mm-hmm. I see a lot of ring announcer talent here. So let me, let me ask 
um, what is the role of um, God, do you remember Ken Griffey baseball where the only real player was Ken Griffey Jr. and all the other players were like yeah. programmer at Nintendo's idea of what American names sound like? Right, right. Okay. It's like Madden if you play beyond one season and you have to do an NFL draft. And suddenly it's all these like no-name guys flooding your roster. Yes. So how about... What's what is the role for uh, Ken 1984 Ken Griffey baseball uh, generic pitcher for the Baltimore Orioles Greg Hamilton? Well, he's an NXT guy, isn't he? He's listed as SmackDown. Oh, okay. Oh, wait, is he the main announcer? He's the ring announcer. He's that the he's like their new like Tony Kimmel, I think. Do you know Kathy? Is that him? Okay. Greg no. Hamilton. Now, I think that's who it is. Anyway. The point being, that I agree with you, Brady. I, you, you, look at, you look at who's getting released versus who's still there. You know, what, what are you going to do with some of these guys? I, I think... We've reached the point, and I think that was kind of the point in this discussion, uh, really, is like we've reached the point where um, they've got so much talent under contract, Stroh. And it's hard to believe, but this is a bigger roster than WCW had during its height, um, and by a lot, by a lot more. It's, uh, it's a huge, bloated roster, and it's not to say that the guys that they signed aren't talented – it's that there just isn't enough TV time in a week to showcase all this talent that they have. So where do you begin, uh, Stro? Where do you begin? Like, how do you fix this? Do you do you just start making those tough decisions? You have to. I mean, for for a guy like a talented wrestler like Andrade to want to go to somewhere else, I mean that. That speaks volumes, and and wherever he and Andrade lands, uh, he's gonna be a very happy company because he, he's one hell of a talent. And you know, so, with uh, with the Lena Vega release too, you know somebody's gonna scoop them up, and they're gonna be a pair, and they're gonna be the hottest. Right. Uh, it, it's like um, not the same thing at all. Right. Not the same thing at all. Exactly. But but when Alberto Del Rio got released, that was a huge deal. Like that right. was like he immediately he jumped into Ring of Honor. He went to Impact. I, I believe he went back to Mexico and did some stuff. And if he didn't get into legal trouble, he probably would still be one of the top guys. I would think. Um, it's a uh, it, it's a shame when you've got this much talent under contract, where like guys and girls are just like it should be part of WrestleMania that aren't even going to like get on TV. It sucks. Charlotte's probably not going to make WrestleMania this year, by the way, if you think about it. Uh, I know she has COVID right now, and Ric Flair seems to think, like, you know, she won't be back in time for WrestleMania. It's three weeks away. They should be able to get her back if they wanted to. I just don't see a spot for her. I mean, That's crazy. Think, but yeah, it really is. Yeah. It is. It is. I don't, so, Brady, I think, that you, I think that you are half right. Um, and I That's am, the first time I've heard that. 
I think you are half right, and I am I am in full agreement with Stro. If you make some assumptions, okay. So where I think you're, where I think that you are, I think you are half right, and I agree with Stro in the sense of there is a road that you may have to go down where you have to start making tough decisions. And you're, you're at this juncture now. Like it's, not, it's not coming up in a couple months. You're here now at the fork. Um, because it's not, it's not a good business practice for you, and it's not good employee relations when it comes to signing talent down the road. Because if, mm-hmm. you know, you know, if, if there comes a point you know, in two years where, where now you need, to sign, you need to sign some names, some guys that can carry – carry seg- you know, bigger segments of your show. If you don't handle this roster problem if you're if if you're the big W, then you're you big might, w? Have trouble, might have some trouble attracting them. What I don't think is that that is the only road. If you look back at wrestling in what we would call sort of its heyday and then a little bit further back into its golden age. There were a lot of different things happening because nobody got a lot of TV time. If you sit down and watch, and you don't have to go that far back. I would. I would go farther back to when, you know, when the, you know, the, the primary show was primetime wrestling or superstars of wrestling, the, the, the original incarnation. Uh, but you could go back even to some Raws, you know, from the late 90s, early 2000s. Guys didn't take up five, six segments of television time on Raw. Mm-mm. You have a three-hour block of programming on Monday night alone. There is no reason that you shouldn't be able to get more people onto the TV than you do. Right. And don't tell me you don't have anything for them creatively. You don't have to have things for them creatively. Sometimes you just have to let people go out to the ring and wrestle. Not everything is a vignette. Not everything is a promo. Mm-hmm. And this is this is such fundamentally bad planning and writing from top to bottom. Because if you've ever done any if you've ever done any kind of analysis of of any of the, any of sort of the classic literature that 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 people should read, especially if they want to go into that field. No, not everything. If you're reading Shakespeare, not everything is a soliloquy. They'll stand out because they're important, and it allows it allows you to have a greater emotional connection to what's happening in the story, and allows the author to, you know, develop tension or suspense heading into an important scene. But not everything is that. Sometimes you don't have to have any feud for two wrestlers. You simply need to say, we are a wrestling promotion. And deep down, no matter how much they expand, no matter how much they move into other fields, they are, at their heart, a wrestling promotion. And you have to say, we're just going to send people out. You tell them, you know, your match is however many minutes it is. And maybe something develops. But you can't just have everyone sit back 
and have, you know, the couple of guys that you've got a marquee program for carry a three-hour show. No. That ruins their program, and it doesn't let you get other people into the mix to develop them. Does anyone really care about Alistair Black right now? No, not really. You know what might make people care about him? Because they saw him regularly. They don't have to hear from him. It doesn't have to be anyone specific. But just see him. Just know he's there. Yeah. No, I don't. No, people. People really didn't get behind Bo Dallas other than for a brief period when when he was part of the B team. But you know what probably would have sustained any momentum that he had is if they had been on TV. Don't put them on TV for like three, four weeks and then have them disappear. It doesn't have to be a program. Just just go out to the ring and be seen by the audience. And the fact that they don't get that is astounding to me. I listen, I agree. Uh nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. We're talking about uh, WWE's uh, underutilization of certain guys, and uh, with this bloated roster, I, to me, it's never been more apparent. Um, well, one thing, I, Ray, you're talking about just having guys go out and wrestle. I think that's a great idea. It's a formula that has worked for so long. Um, the other idea is just have people go out and talk. Not everything has to be so heavily scripted. If you let everybody go out and wrestle, and you let everybody go out and talk, at least those who can talk, um, infinitely, that three-hour show, Stro, is going to be so much more watchable. Some of those old Nitros were watchable. They were three hours, uh, but the time went because they actually knew how to pace it and make it flow. Today's Raws don't flow, in my opinion. Um, they highlight about five or six guys, like Ray said, and that's it. That's the entire show. It's just the same five or six people. You have a friggin' brand split. The idea is you have all this talent over here, and all this talent over here, and they both have time because they're not all trying to compete to be on the, the only program in town. It, it's it's, I mean, it's so simple. Go, go ahead, go ahead. And the marquee, the marquee says wrestling. Just get up there and wrestle. Yeah, that's all you have to do. And the right. people that can talk, let them talk. And people that can't talk, just don't let them do other things. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I mean, a, it's to just, me, it, it's common sense. Exactly, and to me, and uh, by the way, I'd love to hear everybody's thoughts on this. Once again, 914-338-1885. We're going to get to the caller shortly. Um, it, it comes down to this interview that I saw um, this week. It was uh, Stone Cold interviewing Randy Orton. I don't know if you guys have had the pleasure of seeing this. Uh, in my opinion, it was the best one he's done so far. Um, you know, on the WWE Network. It was it was just so good. And I never necessarily cared for Randy Orton, Kathy, um, but he just, you know, there was like this this level of like, it brought a real person to him that you don't always get to see. And I thought that was really good. Uh, Randy Orton has been around, God, 19 years in WWE wow. or something like that. Like, that's, that's a long time. You know, he came in at 21 years old and... and He's been going strong ever since. He he had two things I wanted to mention from that. One is he talked about this match he had with the Undertaker Stro, where the Undertaker's giving him all the stuff, the the drop kicks, the big back body drop. He got to like clothesline him outside the ring, and it's like all the stuff that like rookies don't get to do to the Undertaker, right? Uh-huh. And they go backstage, and Vince is like, "What the hell was that?" To the Undertaker, and the Undertaker's like, "It's full circle." 
it's giving back. You know, somebody did that for me, and now I'm doing this for him. Vince, of course, trims it, Ray. Little snip snip, little Brutus the Barber, you know. Three-minute squash match on SmackDown is what they turned it into. Uh, <laughs> which is a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. But that was – so then Randy Orton is talking about, you know, this year, I forget who he mentioned it, he was fighting. It might have been um, – I, I don't – it might have been Garza, uh, Angel Garza. I don't, I don't remember, but he said, like, you know, he was feeding him all this stuff. And he went backstage, and he was waiting for Vince McMahon to lay it on him just so he could say full circle. Do you know what I mean? I thought that was really cool. And I, I feel like if WWE actually invested the time in allowing these guys to grow, the same as they've allowed the legends to grow, then we're actually going to have legends in the future. That was one thing. And the other thing that I wanted to mention, Stro, and I really want to get your thoughts on this, uh, they were talking about, in my opinion, in Stone Cold's opinion, and in Randy Orton's opinion, what has been his greatest promo to date. And it was the stuff he did with Edge last year, right? Yes, And absolutely. they came up with this whole storyline about, like, you know, why Randy Orton should hate Edge and all this stuff. And Randy hated it. And right before he went out there, he had his, like, you know, cards that he had to memorize or whatever. And he, he knelt down on one knee. Vince is a producer. Vince is like, I got a minute. And Randy says, when I was 19, Edge came up to me and blah, 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 blah. And Vince is like, go with that. Just scrap the other stuff. Go with that. And imagine how his greatest promo would have turned out if he didn't get to do that. And how many guys and girls have great promos that just don't get to do that because WWE has to script everything for time and for content. At some point, you've just got to let it go. Just my opinion, Stro. Absolutely. I mean, the best promos in this business are, are ones from the heart. And and it, it's like the old adage. I mean, uh, Terry Funk even said it best. I mean, for others to believe in you, you first have to believe in yourself. And mm-hmm. that definitely applies to promos. Stro, did they uh, did they script you guys like that in WCW? Not not with me. All they do is give me a topic and uh, how many minutes they cue me on the time and uh, just roll with it. Okay. There you go. Yeah. And it worked. And it worked during you know, the they, Attitude Era. They gave me a few targeted, well, you know, sure. targeted points, points, of course. Bullet points, yeah. And, and, and in the beginning, you know, they gave me the um, in the lines to remember. But once, um, once they found out that I could do promos, then they just kind of let me go with the topic and roll with it. So, right. I, and that's the way it should be. That's the way it should be. Go ahead, Rick. Well, uh, that's what I was going to say. Is that that's the way it should be. And to me. That's what NXT should be. NXT should be the heavy scripting. Sure. See who, I mean, we have, see who we have, who we don't. But right now, you have it inverted. You have it inverted where there's more creative freedom in NXT than there is on your major shows. No, 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 no. You have it reversed. You're supposed to learn in the theoretical minor league so that you can come be a great artist in one of the majors. I agree. And they don't seem to understand that. I agree. Especially, um, it's funny, you're right, it is inverted. Um, 
WWE signs a crop of talent, right? Uh, the last clip, well, I guess the last class had like Taya Valkyrie and some other people. I was thinking the class before that, which had um, our, our good pal, Kathy, Anthony Green. It had our friend Joe Gacy. It had a bunch of them, right? And they come in, and the first thing they do, Stro, is they take them to what they call promo class where they let them design their own promos, they give them bullet points, and they learn how. Why are you having them learn all this if they're not going to use that? That's true. I, I, I don't, <laughs> I, it's inverted. You're, so you're exactly right. It's the first thing you do. When, it should be scripted when you come in until you learn how to do it, and then you take it from there. That, that's to me. Now, now, I have never been a wrestler. I have never delivered a promo. I've never really gotten to play a persona other than maybe two or three matches on the independence as a manager. I've never gotten to do anything like that, but, but that's common sense to me. That, 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 that's common sense to me. And by the time they reach that level, Randy Orton at 19 years in the business, he should be that company's undertaker. He's there the longest. He's been there the entire time. In fact, they said he's going to break the record this year for most matches for WWE in history because he didn't go part-time. The Undertaker at some point around 15, 16, 17 years in started just wrestling two or three times a year. Randy Orton's been going the same way for 19 years. Mm-hmm. Uh, aside from the injuries and the suspensions and stuff like that, he has been going nonstop. Yeah. He's got to be, I mean, I, I'll say it, I've said it before. I'll say it again. He's got to be one of the smartest wrestlers in the industry. And I used to, I used to hate him. Twelve, thirteen years ago, uh, probably mm-hmm. because he was a heel and good at his job. Um, but yeah. I used to hate. I thought he was boring on the microphone. He admits he was boring on the microphone. But his job isn't to be exciting on the microphone. His job is to make you pissed off at him and buy tickets. Right. John Cena beat the crap out of him, and they did that very well. They did that great. Like. Oh, yeah. Like, imagine if I were going to take somebody and put them in the Attitude Era, um, it wouldn't be John Cena. It would probably be Randy Orton or Batista. More on that later, Ray. I know we're getting there. Uh, (laughs) To me, it would be Randy Orton or Batista would be one of the two guys that I would put in the Attitude Era because I think that they could hang there. Mm -hmm. And I think it would be fun. Uh, 914-338-1885. Um, I wanted to uh, to go to the phones because we have a couple callers. We're going to go first to uh, to Arkansas and bring on Granny. What's going on, Granny? Granny Hulkster, everybody. Um, not much. Just listening to the conversation. So. <laughs> How you feeling, Granny? Doing good. I'm okay. I'm okay. I've just been yeah. busy, but I'm okay. So. What, what do you think about uh, WWE releasing Andrade? Well, I mean, even though he wasn't one of my favorites, I mean, he does. He is very. He is very talented. I mean, I will. I, I do have to say that about him. You know, he is a very talented wrestler. You know, I wasn't a big Andrade fan, but you know, but I just hadn't been watching a lot of WWE lately. I mean, I'll click, click on it and watch it for a little bit, and then I'll you know, turn to something else, you know, or, well, I okay. usually do a podcast on Monday night, so I usually don't really, if I have my TV on, I've got it muted, so, um, but uh, I, um, you know, I don't know, you know, I, 
I mean, I hope he does well wherever he goes, and whoever gets him, you know, like Stroh said, they're, you know, they're going to be pretty good that, you know, that, that they've got him, you know, so. I would say this, Stroh, um, if you approached me last year and said you got Andrade, part of the hottest tag team in WWE, because at the time it was him and Angel, were carrying Raw during those early pandemic shows, if you remember, um, with Zelina. You know, the three of them were just amazing. Andrade gets engaged to Charlotte, has one of the hottest programs in WWE, uh, former NXT champion, seemed destined to me to be, like, everything that they wanted. Yeah, they're looking for a Latin star. Uh, he's intelligent. He speaks English. He's just, he's just a very, very – and he was a great wrestler. Um, and he's engaged to Charlotte Flair. Like, that, that alone – I, I wouldn't have believed you if you told me that he I, – I, I'm still – I'm still – I can't believe it. I can't believe that Andrade is gone. Like, yeah. to me, that's a slam dunk that you keep that guy. I would have kept oh, him over I mean, Aleister Black. Oh, God, yes. I mean, he was on top of the world at one time. Literally, like you said, one that got people carrying the company. When um he had that match, Ray, I think it was the 2018 Royal Rumble. It was in Philly. I was there. Uh, I'm sorry, it was the uh, NXT, the TakeOver, for the Royal Rumble weekend. And uh, he had that match against, I think it was Gargano. It was Gargano or Black, I forget. But they were saying it was like the match of the year. It was insane. And here we are like three years later. Go ahead. Doesn't this just go to your point, though, that they don't necessarily know what they have or what to do with it? Right, they just have signing. You have a guy that fits, and and he did. He fit. To give you an idea of how absurd this release is, so when you talk to hiring managers, um, you 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 you'll hear about, or if you read about, sort of the hiring process, you know, you, you know, at some of these bigger organizations or companies. You hear about what they refer to as a purple squirrel. And, well, what's a purple squirrel? Well, it's someone that doesn't exist. Um, and uh, in, the, in sort of our, our work-a-day lives, you know, it's, it's when you, you, know, you, see the, you see a description for a job and, and you, know, you see, well, you know, what, are the, what, qualifications, what qualifications do I need for this $40,000 a year job? And, you know, it's like, well, you know, we need you to have a doctorate and 10 years of experience in Linux coding. And uh, it would be helpful if you spoke, you know, proto Uyghur or, mm-hmm. or, you know, that. The way so, well. Right. It's, 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 That's what you know, I was thinking. Yeah, yeah it's, it's a purple squirrel. It's, it's something that literally doesn't exist. Okay. Andrade is your purple squirrel. He was literally everything that your company has been screaming they need to find for the last five years. Yep. Even though... He brought him up to the roster. Mm-hmm. He did exactly what you would want him to do, and your decision was to cut him. This isn't, this isn't a decision based in dollars and cents. This isn't a decision based in creative. This is a decision based on lunacy. Even, well, even those... Sorry, sure. Even those um, matches every now and then the WWE have where they have the some of their uh, stars like 
play back and watch from 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 a while back. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, you you had guys like R Truth and Ray Mysterio and a whole bunch of people praising Andrade for how great he was in the ring. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, like <laughs> it's just so surreal. He was to me. He was Alberto Del Rio with a personality. Mm-hmm. He was. He was Alberto the River. Uh, nine one four three three eight eighteen eighty five. Uh, Granny, do you think WWE is afraid of AEW? Because when I think oh. like this, I think they must not be too afraid. Well, they might not be now, but I think maybe they were a little afraid when AEW first started. Okay. Yeah. Because, I mean, they lock all these guys and girls down. And, and even, like, last week, like, the rumor was, like, Andrade wanted his release, and they didn't grant it. And I, when I heard that, I was like, all right, well, he's done. You know, they just want to do it on their own terms. They don't want to do it because he asked for it. So they got to wait a couple of days, and then they'll do it because they want to do it, even though it was him that asked for it. it it's stupid. It's um, I, I, I feel like at this point, WWE should no longer be concerned about who goes where. Oh, I agree. I mean, I agree they've got with their that. main stars locked I mean, up. Yeah, so what do you they think? do. I mean, they've got their main stars locked up, right? Like, does it really matter if you're not going to um, build these guys? I'd rather see them get built up somewhere. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, just let them do what they do best. You know what I mean? That's all I they got to do. I know. I mean, if they're not happy, if if they're not happy where they're at, and they want to go somewhere else, I think they should be allowed. If they want to leave on their on their on their own terms and not WWE terms or not, you know, WWE yeah. wait a couple of days and say you're gone. If they're not happy with where they're at, I think just out of respect, I mean. They need to let them go if they want to go instead of forcing them to stay for, oh, well, we're going to, we're not going to let you go right away. But then a week later, boom, you're gone, you know? And right, I mean, right. I don't know, but they have their way of doing things and they've always had their way of doing things. And so that's well, what sure. they're doing. They're shrugging their shoulders. Sure. And thanks for the call, Granny. Yeah. Thank you. you know, I, I just, I, I just, um, you know, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there. This isn't, if I may, engage us in a thought exercise. Mm-hmm. Because this isn't just a, a well, well, to be good to their wrestlers thing or like, like a respect thing. There's, there's an element of self-preservation that's not being utilized here. Let's say, hypothetically speaking, just for the sake of discussion, that, that you, Brady and Stroh, you, are, you guys are WWE creative. And you genuinely are up against the wall, and you just have nothing for any of these guys to do. It's only creative. That's how it would be. Now, now, just, just hypothetically speaking, that's <laughs> that that's that that's how this is. So, now, if you're WWE, if you really want somebody, you can throw more money at them than anyone else, right? Right. Is it the best solution? If you genuinely have nothing for these guys to do, 
rather than having them waste away on your roster, isn't it better to release them, have somebody else pay to build them up, and you can offer them the giant contract when you have something for them? It worked with Jinder Mahal. It worked with Drew McIntyre. Just comes just right. comes to mind. Bobby Lashley. Mm-hmm. I mean, this yep. isn't... That, that was a slammiversary. That was a slammiversary main event that we're getting for WrestleMania this year. Pretty much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Ray. Go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, even if now, look, I, I think that I think that what I said before in in the first sort of monologue was, I, I think that I think that's what's true. I think what you do is you say we have we have three hours of programming on Monday night alone. There's yeah. no reason these can't be getting on TV. But if hypothetically speaking, genuine, there are some guys who you genuinely just have nothing for. Why are why are you eating the cost of them not developing? That they lose, lose. You're choosing a path where every outcome is a net negative for you. The fact that a multi-billion-dollar global company has somehow decided that's their best course of action is mind-blowing. Do you want to hear why I think this is? I mean, I, I have, I have an answer. I do. And it starts at the bottom and it goes all the way up to the top. I want to tell you guys my answer. I'm so excited to, uh, but we're going to take a commercial break first. On the other side, guys, <laughs> I'm going to give you guys my answer for why all this is happening and how we can directly go about just fix it right now. Just, just fix it, you know, and then it'll all be good and we'll be able to take Andrade back with open arms. Uh, 914-338-1885. I see, uh, I see a couple callers on there. I will get to you guys on the other side, uh, plus topics introduced by the rest of the panel. This is In the Room on the VOC Nation radio network, and we will be right back. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage... All the way to the, we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. This is Matt Hardy, and you are listening to the VOC Nation. Rock and Roll Union and North Step Productions, in conjunction with Boo Ray Atlantic City, proudly present Jersey Shore Jam 2. May 15th, featuring As We Become Ghosts and Rat Rod. It's been a long, cold winter, and now it's time to rock. Also appearing, the Rock and Roll Union house band, Shades of Grey, playing all of your favorites from the 60s to now. All COVID regulations will be in place. Tickets are available at eventbrite.com and are extremely limited, so get them before they run out. 
Doors open at 6 and showtime is at 7. Rat Rod, as we become ghosts and shades of gray. Jersey Shore Jam 2, May 15th at Boo Ray, 201 South New York Avenue, Atlantic City. Did I mention there's free parking? Don't miss it. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists, and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Since 2012, HIAC Talk Radio has been bringing you the best of independent wrestling and wrestling on the worldwide scale with interviews and other segments now featuring the Wrestling Historian with Craig Lagan every Thursday night at 6 p.m. at VOCNation.com or go to your Android or iPhone and type in VOC Nation Radio Network and subscribe to the greatest wrestling podcast network in the world. Listen to HIAC Wrestling Podcast today. VOC Nation provides live daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with the hosts and guests by phone call, email, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts include the legendary Ken Resnick, you probably remember from the AWA and WWE, former WCW performer The Maestro, Wes Briscoe, who you probably remember from Impact. Brady Hicks, who you remember from Pro Wrestling Illustrated. Former WWE and TNA star Shelly Martinez. And former Philly radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling With History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern. And, of course, In The Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. And, by the way, both of these shows take callers live during the show. What are you waiting for? Go listen live right now at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all of our podcasts by searching for VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Oh, and follow them on Twitter, too, at VOC Nation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation Radio Network. This is Lance Storm, and if I can be serious for a minute, you're listening to VOC Nation Worldwide. VOC Nation is one of the longest-running wrestling podcast networks. Having started way back in 2010, VOC Nation provides daily streaming shows where fans have the ability to interact with their hosts and guests via phone calls, emails, and Twitter. VOC Nation hosts also include former backstage interviewer from both AWA and WWE, Ken Resnick, former WCW performer The Maestro, former Impact performer Wes Crisco, Pro Wrestling Illustrated contributor Brady Hicks, and former Philadelphia radio personality Bruce Wirt. VOC Nation's two most popular shows are Wrestling with History, featuring Ken Resnick and Bruce Wirt, streaming live on Wednesday nights at 9.30 p.m. Eastern, and In the Room, featuring Pro Wrestling Illustrated Brady Hicks and WCW alum The Maestro. Both shows take callers live during the show. 
and recent guests have included General Adnan, Tito Santana, Haku, Earl Hebner, Danger Sandy Davis, Jimmy Hart, Ricky Steamboat, Brodus Clay, and so many more. Archive free content includes past interviews with huge names like Hulk Hogan, Jesse Ventura, Kurt Angle, Sting, Mick Foley, Joey Styles, Howard Finkel, and so many more. Listen live at VOCNation.com and subscribe to all the podcasts by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. And be sure to follow these guys on Twitter at VOCNation. Hola, this is your amiga, Shelly from Cali. To let you know, you can catch me here on VOC Nation for Shelly Live. You never know what the hell I'm going to be talking about. Sometimes I have guests. Sometimes I let you on in the cheese mess, spill a little tea. Sometimes I cry. You have to tune in to find out why. And I also take your calls. I love chatting with you guys and seeing what the hell you guys are thinking. So meet me here on the VOC Nation. Be there or be square. Rock and Roll Union for the past two years has been the place for rock and roll, new rock and roll, debuting rock and roll, and some of the old classics as well. We have welcomed guests from around the world, national artists and more. We have excited many people by our live events. We've welcomed everybody into the fold, and we continue to do so on a weekly basis. Guys, that is Rock and Roll Union, and that is what we do for you. Saturdays, 6 p.m. Eastern, VOCNation.com. Each and every Thursday night, check it out. WCW star Stro Maestro takes you on a journey. It's WCW Retro. Talking old school match of the week, talking dream matches, taking your calls and looking back on an incredible career of acting, entertaining, and wrestling. Check it out. VOCNation.com. WCW Retro. Be sure to call in Thursday nights, 9 Eastern, on the VOC Nation radio network. The worldwide leader in entertainment. This is the VOC Nation radio network. Hey, this is Total Package, Lex Luger. You're listening to the VOC Nation. Don't miss out. Check out In the Room every Tuesday night at 9. Listen in. Pro Wrestling Illustrated's Brady Hicks, former WCW star, Stroh Maestro, Cassie Fitz, Matt Grimm. And you and Ray are there too, right, Ray? We sure are, and we've got great guests like Lex Luger, AJ Styles, Kaku, and more. It's a heck of a party. Plus, I didn't get thrown off uh, buildings. And then uh, I didn't get pregnant either. Sometimes I think it gets so ridiculous. We were getting into, like, snuff film territory there. In the room. 9 p.m. Eastern on VOC Nation. Wrestling with History, the voice of choice, and Killer Ken Wrestling. When I die, they're going to open me up and find about 2,000 undigested Northwest Airlines cheese omelets. Mr. Chris Cruz, what's going on? Jesus, how did I get roped into this? General Adnan went to school with Saddam Hussein. He cried, I cried, he cried, and who could have Adnan lost a lot of family in the Iraqi war. Everybody loves Granny. Wow. Yeah, see, a lot of people don't know that. Yes, Taylor, you guys are busting me up. Catch Wrestling With History with Ken Resnick and I live on VOCNation.com Wednesday nights at 9.30 Eastern Time or listen to the podcast by searching VOC Nation Radio Network on your favorite podcast app. Stadium Journey, the worldwide leader in stadium reviews for the traveling sports fan, is proud to present the Stadium Journey podcast on VOC Nation. 
Join us as we talk with prominent figures from around the sports world to discuss issues pertaining to sports travel and stadiums around the globe. All right, 914-338-1885 is in the room on the VOC Nation radio network at VOCNation.com. Grady Hicks, I've got Kathy, Stro, I've got Ray, I've got a board book callers. We're going to get to you guys real soon, just please hang tight. I want to talk to each and every one of you guys, and I couldn't be more excited to do so. Uh, we're talking about all kinds of stuff related to the release of Andrade, and uh, you know how WWE is a bloated roster, and they never want to get rid of people. And it's, it's a shame because they get rid of guys that they shouldn't get rid of and keep people just to just to pay them. Vince, sign me. I will sit in your kennel till the end of time. I won't say a word. I swear. Uh, just please. Uh, I'll even take the minimum down. What's the minimum downside, Stro? It's like forty thousand or something. That, that's got to be better than a wrestling journalist, I would think. Hashtag hire Brady. Ha- hire Brady. Hashtag. Exactly. Uh, 914-338-1885. Uh, you know, Stro, before we get into all that, tell us a little bit about what you got going on this week. All right. Well, this Thursday on WCW Retro at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on VOCNation.com, uh, we'll be discussing the career of Terry Funk. So, uh, if you got any cool Terry Funk Perfect stories, time. please call in. It uh, should be a good time. Can you yes, do an impression? Yes, good. <laughs> I love Stay it. Stay with me now. Forever. <laughs> forever. <laughs> forever. Yeah. Um, and then <laughs> Friday, Friday night at midnight on my horror sci-fi show, The Stro Zone, on my Facebook, which is facebook.com slash Stro the Maestro at 12 midnight. Uh, the feature will be none other than what's the feature? Oh gosh, I know I had last week was ten thousand, the Phantom of ten thousand leagues. So this one I, I can pull up real quick. Make yeah, I was gonna say quick. I can bail you out here. I just gotta find it. Monster, uh, the the Monster Maker. The Monster Maker. That's right. Yeah, from the fifties. <laughs> so uh, hope you guys tune in. It should be fun. Ooh, that is Mon- cool. I'm Monster not familiar Maker. with that one. That's what my mom, that's what they used to call my mom. No, the monster I'm, man. Uh, yeah, the monster <laughs> me. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Uh, 914-338-1885. So we're talking, uh, Ray, we're talking about the problem, uh, how WWE created this monster in a way. And I'll tell you where the problem is. The problem starts at the top, and it trickles all the way down. you got these writers, who, and I've talked to several of them, so I know this. They're terrified to take a chance on anything. They're terrified to do anything. Unless your name is Paul Heyman, you're afraid to raise your hand and speak out in these meetings. And it's horrible. And that's why no one can creatively come up with anything for anybody. That's why uh, these amazing talents frequently get the, we have nothing for you. It's It's a horrible situation. And WWE needs to either... Get rid of their writers and just have wrestlers do it, retired wrestlers, or listen to what their writers are actually coming up with. Because all the ideas can't be that bad. And if they are that bad, then they shouldn't be using them in the first place. But don't keep them to do nothing. That's the problem, right? I've never seen 
an organization. And I, I've been I've been working, and I've been and it's a dysfunctional organizations. And I've been watching football, and I have grown up around some dysfunctional organizations. I grew up with the Chicago Blackhawks in the nineties. <laughs> so I know a little about dysfunctional organizations. They were my red hockey up, team. I grew I was up in a league. As, a, as a White Sox fan. Wow. I know a little about dysfunctional organizations. Okay. Not a Cubbies fan. No, 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 no. We didn't have that kind of money. No. <laughs> You know, the Bears weren't very good, so I grew up in the 90s as a Bills fan, which led to a very painful 2000s on forward. (laughs) I've never seen, and I've never worked for, an organization that is so incapable of functioning top to bottom. You can't, you, you're not the mob. You can't have this many Not the people. mama. Not the mama. Sorry. Not the mob. <laughs> oh, not I thought you said not the mom. No. Not the mom. You're... Oh, wow. Well, although no. I do love dinosaurs. The point being, you're not the mafia. You can't have this many people collecting paychecks for not doing anything. And Brady, you're right. You're right. What you know, you know, either either they need to listen to some of these writers' ideas, or the writers need to go. Because right now they're not doing anything for anyone. Who was the one? The one of the writers. I don't know if you remember the story. It was a couple of years ago, but this girl got released, and she called it a culture of bullying, where like they make you pitch ideas, and then they systematically just rip you a new one with everything that you say. And Stephanie McMahon, they said, was in particular very brutal. She was kind of heading it up at the time with how stupid your ideas are and how you obviously don't deserve to be here. And it's like nobody wants to say anything in that kind of a culture. Uh, Separately, I knew a writer who was fairly successful there. He was actually one of the guys that helped develop – I know I say successful on one hand, and then I list one of his biggest examples was Hornswoggle being Vince McMahon's son. Uh, But – he had a very successful run with WWE. That's just the storyline that comes to mind. Um, and he said that there's this culture where it, it, it's this catch-22, you know? They only like people that are willing to go out on a limb and put themselves out there. But if you go out on a limb and you put yourself out there, you better damn sure hope that they like it. Otherwise, you're, you're going to be gone, you know? And that's just the way the culture is. Uh, separately... I had a guy, I knew a guy who worked two two different stints with WWE's media. He used to do um, multimedia. He was in charge of Bite This for a little while. Now, I'm tr- not trying to out the guy. In fact, I hope that doesn't out him. I'm pretty sure they've had a couple different people in charge of that show. Uh, but when Vince McMahon came around, nobody wanted to be there. Like, you know, Vince is walking around and somebody says, oh, so-and-so is in charge. Well, who the hell is so-and-so? And it's like, you want to go hide. <laughs> Nobody wants to be that's around good. that. <laughs> yeah. But that, that's, that's what it is. That's what it is. Um, now, I've never been backstage, or I should say I've never been in a creative meeting. I've never been in anything like that. 
So, like, for me to say this, these are all secondhand stories, but this is just my conjecture, why I think there's a problem and why it trickles down from the top. I think it's an issue because I've heard multiple people tell that to me. So there is definitely something to what you're saying. The idea that if you hear, if you hear the same story enough times, you need to start giving it some credence. Mm-hmm. Um, and in that same vein, how long have we been coming on this show and saying this? You've been hosting this show for what? Almost 15 years. Uh, no, I've been, has it been that uh, long? Well, 12, 13, yeah, almost, yeah. You know, and and I've been doing wow. this show with you, and I've been doing I was this in show my twenties. Um, mm. I've been doing this show with you in some form or another for the better part of a decade. Yeah. I figure this is seven. We start in like twelve, yeah. thirteen. Yeah, this is twelve. Wow. Maybe wow. Even, maybe even you, you replaced Kevin McElvaney. Yeah, so maybe even earlier. Yeah. Eleven maybe. Um, yeah, actually it was. I think it was you know, you and I have been doing this for the for you know over a decade now. And and what what have we been coming on and saying this whole time? We've been saying, you know, no ma- no matter what, no matter who the top guys have been, no matter what the programs have been, no matter what the general market for wrestling has been. We've been coming out and saying the same problems. They're not developing stars. They don't use the guys on the roster. Their programs don't make sense. Everything feels rushed. And at some point, at some point, people in charge have to look at themselves and say, maybe it's me. Because that's that's the only consistent thing left. And don't feed me that Triple H line about everything he's doing in NXT. Because if he really had the power that you think he has, or he really had the balls you think he does, mm-hmm. then all those great things you tell me about him doing on NXT, we'd be seeing those on the major shows. Because NXT isn't what's making the money. Happened one time, I think. One time, I think, in the last 10, 15 years, where it felt like they were open to trying something different. One time, Ray, CM Punk with the pipe bomb. That's the, uh, and, and I'm sure that was manufactured as hell. And we all know what happened with CM Punk. Just saying. You can't, you can't continually stumble for a decade. You can, but you need to get help. And turn around. Well, you you can, you, but you you can't turn. Around, you can't stumble for a decade, Stro. You can't you can't screw up for ten years, and then turn around and say, "Well, our writers just can't develop anything." No, 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 no. You're hiring those writers. Well, after all that screwing up, you would think they would go for another line of work. You would think. <laughs> you would think. Uh, let's let's uh, let's go to the phones. Uh, let's go to. I, I think this is Anthony out in Kansas. Uh, what's going on, man? How you doing tonight? Hey, what's up? 
Hey, am I right? This is Anthony. Yes. How you doing, brother? Long time. Uh, I've been all right. You sound kind of down. No, I'm just you didn't get fired tired. from WWE, did you? Just <laughs> no. one of the writer gigs. <laughs> we just ran them down. I guess I'm not getting one now. <laughs> no, actually, I did. Actually, actually, I did a while back. You applied for a job. Yeah, it was like assistant writer or something like that. And how did that go? Did they get back to you? Got it. Got an email saying that because no college experience or college yeah. and no experience, that was a big no. TV writing. Yeah. yeah, stupid. Well, I mean, it is what it is. You sound like you'd be a great even applicant though, for it. Even though, like, five years ago or four years ago, uh, not this past Survivor Series, but the year before when they had NXT part of Survivor Series, I thought of that beforehand what do you mean like you pitched the yeah, idea to it, them I don't know I remember tweeting it or whatever oh okay that well, and tweeting like tag match for elimination chamber and then they ended up doing that months later I don't know well maybe they listen maybe they figured out they don't have to pay you they just follow your twitter I Who you got for WrestleMania? No <laughs> <laughs> uh, I mean, listen, I uh, they've developed so many storylines off this podcast. You know, it's uh, we just keep giving them ideas, yeah. and we're too dumb to charge them for it. You know, I'm kidding. Yeah, really. Yeah, the last show I was able. <laughs> yeah, we the last show I was able to go to. Those shows. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, true. The last show I was able to go to was last year. In January for Raw, but okay, yeah, you were towards yeah. the end there. I I went to Elimination Chamber last year, which was like the last uh, the last real pay per view that they had. Yeah, because like probably like what the the Raw after it was either that week or the following week was like the last Raw they had, I think, or something. Like that, I'm maybe. not sure. I'm not sure. Yeah. I know it was like March seventh, and then like the next week, everything started to shut down. So, yeah, like a coincidence or whatever. Last year, the Raw was the last Monday Night Raw before the Royal Rumble. When I went to that, and then the year before that was SmackDown before Royal Rumble in Wichita. Okay. But last year, I was sitting by the entranceway, uh near the stage or whatever. That was when you met Charlotte. Was, no, that was in St. Louis a couple years before that. Oh, okay. All or right. like a year or two, something like that. Well, you're making the territories, no, that's for sure. Yeah, well, a friend of mine, me and a friend of mine drove from Kansas to St. Louis for that because we got free tickets okay. from a res- wrestling promoter that we went to a show in Wichita. Okay. But yeah, that was that was that was random when Charlotte jumped by the barrier to get the picture or whatever. I just asked for a picture and she I, just like jumped off. I ain't gonna lie, I spent a lot of time looking at that picture, Anthony. It's hard to get. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's hard to meet them like outside the arena. The way they're set up around here because. Yeah. They have it like gated yeah. off. It's not like going to yeah, Philly like and shit like area. that. 
Yep. You know, you can't yeah, meet the Manta like, shows. You have to. You have to. Uh, that, that the best like, way to meet what? them, Anthony. I always say this is to meet them on the independents and continue to stay in touch yeah. when they go to the big leagues. That's the only way. Well, that's, well, that's how I got my whole was, Rolodex. When when I was still living in Delaware, the best place was like Baltimore. I used to meet them a lot, and then Philly sometimes mm-hmm. at the arena there. Wells Fargo, yeah. or whatever it's called now, still. So, uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, but like like I said, around here, like Oklahoma City, I went to Raw. I got on TV a couple times during that, sitting up in lower level. And then the Raw last year in Wichita, I was, like I said, by the ramp. So I was like on TV every time they come out. I was yelling at Brock Lesnar when he came out. Well, what do you think is WWE's he, biggest problem? Um, for one, especially overall, too much filler. They're repeat the same matches week after week. That's they, because of like, advertising. To, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, I think, go ahead. I, I, I think at WrestleMania, what they need to do is have Lashley beat Drew McIntyre, and then wade off into. Cause let's see, SummerSlam's August. Give it some time for the vaccine, for the vaccine and everything with the coronavirus to maybe hopefully clear up a little bit more. And then give it to, like, I don't know if they're doing it again, like last year, doing, like, Extreme Rules before SummerSlam or whatever. Cause last year, Extreme Rules was, like, July, I think. Uh, maybe at Extreme Rules last leads in a match with someone, but it's, like, a cage match or some kind of stipulation. And like after the match or whatever, Dipolation. out of no out of nowhere, Brock Lesnar comes back, and they have a big match mm-hmm. at SummerSlam. Hopefully, they could do it in an arena with people, or where that's what people have been bugging about wanting to see. And then that mm-hmm. way gives some time for things to clear up. And I think they did the Miz dirty, letting them only have the title for like what a week or two. Yeah, but did you really want the Miz to hold on to the belt that long? I, I was hoping they would just make a triple threat at WrestleMania. Even if Miz uh, lost the title. Well, listen, that one week I like all, the Miz. I don't know. I like the Miz, but this was Bobby Lashley's time. And, like, I don't know. The oh, Miz yeah. had his chance back in 2011. He had that, the match with John Cena. It was like they gave him a real legitimate chance with the well, yeah, And he got, I think, yeah, they five gave, months they gave out him of it. And then yeah, John yeah. Cena beat him the pay-per-view after, and then that was it. But I've always want to move forward. You always want to be moving forward. And to me, like, this is Lashley and McIntyre's time, you know? So I was happy. Yeah. I, I was. I, but I saw right through it. In fact, I think we predicted it on the show before, didn't we, Ray? They probably were listening, and that's how they got their idea. <laughs> I tweeted it. I tweeted it beforehand. Tweet. Well, that's what. That's like. That's like uh, the year before, not last year in October or whatever, but the year before when they redid like the Raw with the ramp, and then they had SmackDown for Fox, and they had new theme mm-hmm. songs and stuff. Like back in May of that year, I had tweeted Triple H, thinking use it for like an NXT pay per view theme or something like that. 
skillet stone yeah. uh, legendary, they ended up using it for Raw. Because I'm a skillet go. fan or whatever. I've seen them four times and met them uh, the year before or whatever. Not last year, but the year before at a fair. Yeah, and they I ended like up skillet. using that. And then, I, li- I like skillet if there's some sausage and onions involved. Then I'm a big fan. <laughs> little, little peppers, put those on first. They dirt. take the longest. Yeah. Oh, the skillet that Danny's are the best. Oh, my God, they're amazing. Now, the, Denny's dirt, skillet Chris is Robin good, but i got to tell you, if I'm going to go to Denny's, <laughs> uh, uh, Anthony, we're talking about breakfast now. Um, <laughs> okay. i got to tell you that, Stro. If I'm going to go to Denny's, go to Denny's uh, I'm going to get the lumberjack. I'm going to get the lumberjack slam. <laughs> I'm gonna really, I'm gonna really just, just pig out. Now, when you say lumberjack Moon. slam, is that like, uh, like a, Moon's over my a sexual thing? No, actually, oh. what it is, you're gonna like this for What it is is they actually they set your food up on a raised table like you're in the ring, and then all of their male employees stand around and force you back up to the table if you try to walk away. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Oh wow. And then if you like try to duck at the bottom, they beat you up a little, and then they toss you back into onto the booth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. Okay, that sounds legitimate, Anthony. A Denny's Great match. talking to you, brother. <laughs> what? What's You're your thoughts man, on dude. WrestleMania? What's, what's your my thoughts on, on WrestleMania? Uh, yeah. I think that um, I think that um. Anything specific with it, or just my general thoughts? Because I think creatively um, I, they're going to be okay. Like they're they're focusing on making matches that people haven't seen. Um, so I, yeah. I think that's a good thing. Uh, they're relying What's on your, the stars of today, not celebrities by and large. I know C Bunny's going to have a match, but not C Bunny. That's yeah, independent kind of I was, I was, was getting ready to say what you. <laughs> I was getting ready. Why not match? What, why is that not a tag team match? I don't understand. All bunny and no eggs. <laughs> you know he's gonna lay a big chocolate. You know he's gonna lay a big chocolate egg in the middle of the ring. I, I, I it is what it is. Go ahead. Man. That's what I was gonna ask you. What was your thoughts on the Miz versus Bugs Bunny? I thought it should have been a tag team match. Did it? Uh, first of all, because then yeah, um, that was uh, then uh, uh, Damian Priest would be able to get in there. And uh, he'll obviously be able to carry Big Bunny, uh, Bad Bunny, whatever the frig his name is. And uh, but first of all, Damian Priest and John Morrison should nice. absolutely be involved. Um, what they second need, what of they all, needed. just the thought of a straight-up match between Miz and Bad Bunny, to me, that's going to be the bathroom break. I, 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 I think I'm not going to stick around for that one. Here's what they do. Have the Miz beat... Bunny, the next night on a brawl, uh, if Bobby Lashley retains WrestleMania or whatever, the next night on a brawl, have uh, Damian Priest come out and uh, step up to Lashley. Okay. I mean, I mean I don't kind know. of out of nowhere. Yeah. I, I don't think either Do one what? of those things are going to happen, but yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I I, I think a, Bad Bunny's gonna win because it's a celebrity and it's WrestleMania and yeah, after Miz, you know, and, and and I think that uh, Damian Priest uh, 
he's uh, he's a little while before he's going after the heavyweight title. If he said he won the U.S. title against Riddle the next night, I believe that. By the way, show they also they also were, looks like they're making the Sheamus match, like you said. Sheamus and Riddle. So. Yeah. Yeah. Riddle. Riddle, All right, Riddle, Riddle reminds me of that. All right. Riddle reminds you of who? That uh, surfer dude from Rich Times High or whatever. I think that is he's going the for. Donor guy. I don't know from that one old movie, Rich Times High or whatever. Yeah. Great talking to you, brother. I don't know. All right. It's all good, man. Enjoy WrestleMania. Yep. Later. <laughs> See ya. <laughs> I get the feeling he didn't like that I uh, said, called the, called the, Stro, they made your match, Sheamus and Riddle, I, I, or they're going to make it. I, I think that's a yeah. great move. I, I really do. Absolutely. Um, I look forward to it. I hope Can't they wait. pound the heck out of each other. I think it's going to be amazing. <laughs> yeah. That'd be awesome. And not like a lumberjack special. <laughs> yeah, right. Ray, uh, you had a topic. I, I wanted to dive into that as well tonight. Uh, why don't you uh, kind of introduce your idea? Hold on, I have to wake myself up from that. That. Oh, that was fun. A, that was uh, fun. Phone, phone call version of a heroin overdose. All right. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> so I was reading. You know, the the Hall of Fame ceremony and you know, it's not gonna have all the all the fans that they want at it. And uh so so because it's not gonna have fanfare, um WWE has decided to push back uh some of the inductees. And you know what? Fine. I have no problem with that. None. And, oh, we thought we were we thought we were gonna be able to get fans to this because maybe it's a little smaller, you know, a different venue. Uh, we're not going to be able to get the crowd that we want. Let's push I don't know why. Back. Why can't they? I don't know. I, just, I mean, that's Florida. Good. It's there's not no Pennsylvania. There's no good reason for them not to. But whatever. But that's just but that that's not even why I'm mad. Okay. So, among the names that will not be getting pushed back. The pushback that's happening because they want good crowd reactions are the NWO, mm-hmm. which I would think would get a little bit of a crowd reaction. And you all come here to see Batista? And Sorry. JBL. And, and J, JBL has... I'm going to say he would get a pretty good reaction. The man has had spontaneous generations of chants for him for years. Mm-hmm. How about the Bella Twins? How about they give? I get a reaction every time I see them. I bet you do. I do. <laughs> so NWO and JBL, NWO uh, and JBL, not being pushed back. Eric Bischoff, Batista. Being pushed back. I think that was his demand. That is so tone deaf. First off, I don't care about Dave Batista's demands. You want to talk about a guy 
who got who just fell backward into more opportunities he had no business getting. Yeah. So Dave Batista. You want, to, you want to look at fashions he was in where you look at the people that were around him and you go, one of these things is not like the other one. It's Dave Batista's entire career. If uh, right, you, want, you want to put him in the hall, okay, fine. I get it. He's your guy with his little I think he's. I, I, I think he's worthwhile in the Hall of Fame, but I, to, to me, this thing about holding him back is silly. Uh, I'm going to bring on Derek. Um, <laughs> we're talking about Batista with the Hall of Fame and, and uh, not going in this year. Listen, it's to his benefit for the fans not to be there because they're just going to call him Blue Tista and he's going to get mad. Well, according to him, he has he has uh, prior obligations. I think he's filming one of those Marvel movies now, so he probably can't oh, okay. make it. Okay, but, he's dressed. Yeah, they um they announced RVD, so I guess uh, people yeah. can be excited to see. I like Big Dave. Um, now he was he was definitely right place, right time. I did too. When yeah. John Cena needed needed a number two, and you know Lashley left the company, Jeff Hardy couldn't stay out of trouble. <laughs> you know Batista kind of fell into that spot, you know, just for being there. But uh, he was also he, – he reminds me a little bit of Trish where he had all the tools around him to succeed. So, you know, you had Batista on SmackDown. He could work with Edge and Benoit and Angle and, and Taker and Eddie Guerrero. So he had a lot of guys or a lot of great, you know, older guys around him yeah. to make – yeah, to make him look. Yeah. So, yeah. 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 I, I, my so my I favorite – go, go ahead. Go ahead. I just want to – like – I don't have a problem with Dave Batista going into the Hall of Fame. You know, you know, we could talk about about you know where he maybe sits within the pantheon of other Hall of Famers. But different conversation. I have no problem with it. You look at his career; it's maybe objectively he should go in. My problem is that is that you push him back on the premise that oh well, we want good crowd reactions. He's going to have the worst crowd reaction. He's not even the third most exciting guy on that list. I'm excited. I told you. <laughs> Brady, and his, Brady and Batista's parents, the only people who are excited about him going into the Hall of Fame. The other names on there are the names that people are going to care about. I hope I hope he goes in as the DB from the bar with the pop collar that used to complain about John Cena. The guy was amazing. And I know I know you're not. He was amazing. <laughs> right, I know you're not like dismissing Batista. You're just saying that in the grander scheme, for him to be the one to be held off is silly. With some of the other names going in, I understand that. Uh, but Dave Batista, I think, is a national treasure. I, I thought he was amazing. And um, even, like, the way they positioned him um, back in the early day of the brand split, you know, where you had, like, Cena on one brand and Batista on the other, um, it was just it, – it just – it really worked. And I think that they would have been able to continue to build the two brands. One had Cena, the other one had Batista and Orton, basically. Or I think that's how it went. And, like, basically, I think the brand split the first time around would have been a lot stronger 
and a lot more successful if it weren't for injuries because that structure was amazing. Yeah, and he also benefited from, uh, I think I saw this in the Evolution doc, Randy was supposed to be the guy, but Randy couldn't, you know, stay out of trouble. <laughs> so they was kind of like, you know, yeah. we can't trust him. He's too young. He keeps getting in trouble. So let's see how Dave does. And this is it. Brady, you're right. Like, I'm not dismissing Batista. Like, he had a perfectly fine career. And whether he was necessarily the most talented guy, probably debatable. You know what? I will hand it to him. Man, the man did take advantage of opportunity when it presented itself to him, which it presented itself with frequency. But, like, like he also had a tattoo I could never get away with. Oh, the belly which button one? tattoo, yeah. Oh, the yeah. belly button one? The belly button, yeah. <laughs> the belly button tattoo, which is, which is just the most absurd thing to see. In and it was pierced, too, wasn't it? Yep. Uh, that's not something men should do. Um, <laughs> he, but, like, like, if you look at that, like, he's not even the, the, the second or third or maybe even fourth, because they, they, okay, they announced RVD. RVD has not wrestled a meaningful match in, for some case, for younger fans, in their lifetime. That's true. And and That's he true. generate a better crowd reaction than Batista than Batista would. This isn't me. This isn't me. Batista. He's perfectly fine. Like, like <laughs> it, it, our justification for this is oh we need to push Dave Batista back because we're gonna have we need to have the good crowd reaction. Literally, your entire Hall of Fame crap roster for this year needs to be pushed back. Then you can you can you can end up just 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 Liger. That's it. Dave, they should come to the Hall of Fame dressed as Drax. Yes, from Guardians of the Galaxy. That'd I would love amazing. it. Joe, what do you think Damn, about Batista? Like, is he like a big enough name that it's worth holding off for a crowd when you've got the NWO going in? Yeah. Well, I mean. I mean, he's making ways right now in Hollywood. I mean, yeah, and, and all that. And well, that's you know, true. So, I mean, yeah, it's like a whole second but, career, basically, like a resurgence. Right. Like he's, he's doing, like you know, John Cena, like John Cena and The Rock, and it's hard to go. believe that they're all in that same kind of group now. Like I, I never yeah. think about that, but like, God, I can't watch TV anymore, Derek, without hearing John mm-hmm. Cena on Experian or. Or uh, what's the other one with the cars? Like he's all over the place now. He's the voice of the elephant in the in the in the, in the cash <laughs> commercial. Like he's he's everywhere. Good for John. I, I've said this before. He did that I'm Pixar favor, movie too. Yeah, I'm yeah. all in favor of wrestlers. You know, finding Bumblebee. a career out, outside of wrestling, so the, you know, so they don't have to be you know seventy years old begging Vince for a Legends contract. So I'm all for that. I am too. I am too. Um, I maybe Ray, maybe Batista just had another commitment. Maybe Derek's right. Maybe that's what it is. And otherwise, he would. That's what he claims. That's what he says. That's what he claims. I, I think he's a. I mean, I think he's probably his biggest fan. I will say that. <laughs> <laughs> but I love him. Like I said, I, I'm his number two fan, probably. So. He's just chill. no. He's not. He's chilling at the mansion, counting his Marvel bucks. No. He's, he's got that kid from my spy detective movie or whatever there with him. You know they're hanging out, counting yeah, their money. No, he's 
no, he's licking his belly button tattoo. You know, just living the life. Like, nothing, there's nothing that. No, 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 no. I have a prior commitment. It's one evening, Dave. It's one. It's one evening, and nobody's even gonna boo you and call you blue pizza. So, no. <laughs> just, just go in. Just go in and say thanks and accept your your plaque and then go back to Hollywood where you can continue making movies. That are Just like Ricky Gervais said it at the awards. <laughs> Accept your award and then F off. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. I will say, uh, Derek, the, uh, the two times that Batista quit WWE, two of the more oh. funny times that I've ever seen anyone leave. Oh. <laughs> you know, the Goldie. one with going Goldie off on John ways. Cena like the, Huh? Oh yeah, he's in the, the he's in the chair, and he was like, "I quit." Yeah. He was like, "He had, he had the I quit. The brace on." And, and then the other one I where quit. he gets the other one where he quits Evolution and he just holds his hand up and he just goes like, "Well, you can't see he's it wave. in the video, but he's just like, yeah." He's a Queens wave, yeah. Yeah, he's yeah. a Queens wave, yeah. He goes, he goes <laughs> "I'm out," because he drops the microphone. And he just waves by the Triple H already. I'm out. <laughs> I thought he was great. I did. Uh, let's go to, uh, I think Dustin is up next, uh, out in, uh, Texas, no, I'm sorry, Florida, Florida. What, what's going on, Dustin? Leatherface. <laughs> Not too much, really. <laughs> How you doing, brother? Doing good. Okay. What's, uh, what's going What's going on? Uh, I'm just waiting for them to announce to announce uh, Cesaro versus Seth Rollins Romania. And when they do, do you think uh, Cesaro is going to win? Because I think he should. Yeah, yeah, he should. Yeah, this is this is Cesaro's big moment. Like, really, he should be the one that beats Seth Romania and then gets a, and then then has some big match with Roman for the title. What do you think of Cesaro? What, what if Cesaro did the giant swing on Rollins and he swung him so hard? That he went all the way up the ramp and hit like the like the the thing where they come out from the ring. <laughs> yeah, that would be crazy. It would be great. Uh, hey, Brady, um, Brady, um, what, Brady if, what if God microwaved the burrito so hot that not even he himself could eat it? Oh, <laughs> uh, Brady, what are you talking oh, about? The I, new got fiend? I got another one. I got another one. We'll talk about the new fiend in a second. What do you think about Braun Strowman? Oh, Getting sound effects. Jesus Christ. Oh, <laughs> uh, I thought that was, thought that was cool. <laughs> oh, my God. They should do... They should do... They should do where if he runs you over, like, you get cut in half. <laughs> I think that... Uh, I think that when Braun Strowman gets in the ring, there should just be a continuous soundtrack of Pop Goes the Weasel Club. <laughs> <laughs> well, we did get Pop the Weasel last night. Pop goes the Weasel. Uh, go ahead, go ahead, Dustin. I'm, I'm talking nonsense, and you want to talk serious? What, yeah, what we're talking about the fiend. Pretty white. The, the, the fiend. Yeah, the new fiend. I um, I am really hoping that when he has his match with Randy Orton, that like his face gets peeled off and it's like a skeleton underneath. Uh huh. That train's still going. Yeah, well. 
Um, Birdie, do you think Rick Rick was one of the top Get the hook. Uh, what, what's that, Thompson? <laughs> you, did you think Rhea Rip was one of the belt of mania? <clears throat> I do. I do. I Actually, right. Derek, you brought it up in the chat this week, and I, and I didn't even think about it, but they positioned it where Rhea Ripley and Bianca Belair could be the two champions after WrestleMania, and, and that's amazing to think. That would be. That's a, yeah, that's a good heart, you know, a good reset for a division that's revolved around Becky and Charlotte and mm-hmm. You know the four horsewomen for the last what five years, so it's it's good. It'd be good yeah. to have some new blood in there. And then they'll get Io <clears throat> Shirai called up at some point, and there'll be some more uh, meaningless women on the main roster because Io oh, will be there. Um, uh, uh, Brady, yeah, I, I, I think I think for Kevin Dolph is one in the belt. Well, yeah, that's why Io's getting Who? called up. Raquel's getting called up. I think she's beating Io for the title. Yeah, and Io's going to get called up. Yeah. Did you did you see where? You see where they're, they're doing, like, an angle online. I guess it's going to end up on television where Chelsea Green is, like, stalking Mickey James, kind of like how Mickey stalks no. Trish. <laughs> so that's, that's the funny. thing that they're doing. So see, I would watch to get that. Ch- anything mm-hmm. to, I, yeah. I mean, if you think about they have women like Chelsea Green and Santana Garrett just sitting around collecting checks doing nothing, and that's, that's crazy. Well, we were talking about this. <clears throat> We were talking about this earlier with Andrade, oh. and uh, I, I, I hold on one second, Dustin. Like uh, this was like the big discussion earlier. Like it's crazy to me that you've got this kind of a roster where like Andrade and Alistair Black aren't getting used. Uh, Andrade's gone now. You've already mm-hmm. lost Alina Vega, so now they can be one of the hottest acts um, yeah. on the independents or wherever they go. They're going to be amazing together, and. Um, mm-hmm. Just the fact that, like, just think about this. Like, you've got Charlotte Flair, who probably isn't going to be even part of WrestleMania. And I yeah. don't blame it on COVID, because you still got three weeks to go. Well, do they know when she got it? Blame it. <clears throat> no. But, uh, no, yeah. but I, I assume did, that, I mean, it's only like a couple-week thing usually, right? Yeah, usually about 10 days or so, yeah, they say. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, uh, Birdie, did she didn't get it at that New Year's party, did she? <laughs> no, that would be too Damian, long. <laughs> Damien Priest, he, he's gone, too. I wonder if he has it. Cause he's, it, it I feel bad. Whenever somebody just di- disappears from television, I go, uh-oh, I hope they haven't caught COVID. Because people are like, Keith Lee's yeah. gone, Damien Priest I didn't even think gone. about that. Yeah, like I was uh-huh. saying, like, that Bad Bunny match should be a tag team match. So... Does that mean that Damian Priest has it? I didn't even think about that. Yeah. <clears throat> Ugh. Go ahead, Dustin. Um. Uh, you think yeah. Karen Cross one of the? Uh, you think Karen Cross will beat Finn Balor for the title? Yes. I do. Now I don't know so, where they go from there, because yeah. when Karen Cross beats him, I do. Other than, you know, the stuff that they do with Kyle O'Reilly. I don't know who's going to step up and challenge him. They, you would you would think like, all right, Vince doesn't like Andrade, right? He, he's a he's talented mm-hmm. as all hell. Vince doesn't like him. You know what? Send him down to NXT then. Like, let's. They need him down there. Like, send Alistair Black. He asked to, to go NXT. there. 
It's and if Vince doesn't see anything like they always go, Vince doesn't see anything in them. Well, let them go to NXT. Then just gonna just let the guys show up to work every Monday or Friday and just sit. And you're gonna pay them just to eat and watch TV. That's crazy to me. <clears throat> the only thing I can think is that the company is so big now that the left hand doesn't know what the what the right hand is doing. That's yeah. the only oh, thing that I can hope for at this point. Um, Birdie, I got one more thing to mention before I go. Uh, who do you think will win the right, Jordan brother. Devlin versus versus Santos Escort match? I think uh, I think Santos should win. I don't know if he, he will. Um, I I mean. I was never a huge Jordan Devlin fan. I'm not saying that to like knock the guy. I just, I just don't see a whole lot to him. Like when he was feuding with Angel Garza, I thought Angel Garza had way more personality. Um, I think it's the same case here. I think he's just kind of nondescript cruiserweight, and I think he's fine for UK. He's probably even fine for 205 Live. But I don't want to, I, I don't want to see him on NXT as the cruiserweight champion. Just oh, my uh, Birdie, I, I just forgot to mention uh, the tag team tam- tag team uh-huh. champions of NXT have been stripped of their titles because uh, uh, Danny Burch got hurt last week. Oh, okay. If I didn't hear if that. If you're, so, if I'm you're sure. Escobar and Angel, if you're Escobar and Angel Garza, <laughs> you see what happened on Friday, and you just have to be deflated. Like, God damn it, <laughs> I don't have any chance right. at all. And, and this is a company that said that they want more Latin stars. And you just letting them go. It's it's crazy, and 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 they and they resign Mysterio long term, and, and nothing against Ray, obviously Stro. Like I, I'm a huge fan of Ray Mysterio, but at some point, um, there's got to be more than him. It has to be. They and were like, barking. That's the case. Yeah, they, they the were barking up the right that, tree when they had Alberto Del Rio, but I think he had too many issues. I think yeah, Andrade yeah. was yeah. a nice answer to that. Vince is it's it's. It's just a 75-year-old man who doesn't know anything better nowadays. So he just goes with what he knows. I need a Latino star? Bring Ray back. Yeah. And it's like, we have imagine, guys here. <laughs> imagine, like, a baby face Andrade Cien Almas on the main roster. We never got to see it. He, he had all those great matches with Ray last year. And I remember the last MSG show I went to, Andrade and Ray had a match for the U.S. title. Well, Andre Andrade won, and it was amazing. And Vince looks at yeah. all this and goes, "Oh, I don't see anything in the kid. Sorry." He, <laughs> like, do you he watch had your that. Uh, I, yeah, yeah. He had that. Um, <laughs> sorry, Dustin left. Uh, he had that. He had that 2018 takeover match, the Royal Rumble weekend. I think it was oh, against Gargano. Know. They were all yeah. saying it was like the match of the year, and it was like he followed it up with a Royal Rumble appearance. Then he got engaged to Charlotte, and in the early years of the, in the early months of, it felt like years. In the early months of the pandemic, they were carrying Raw, the three mm-hmm. of them. Him, yeah, yeah. And it was like if you would have told me at any point along the way, like, well, the guy had a match of the year. The guy got engaged to Charlotte. The guy is carrying Raw. Um, you know, he would have been probably would have won the tag team title at WrestleMania if he didn't get hurt. Um, mm-hmm. If you would have told me that he'd be gone before the end, before the quarter point of 2021, I wouldn't have believed you. There's no way. I just figured they were going to have him come back with Charlotte after WrestleMania. And they said Charlotte pitched ideas for them to be on TV, and Vince just said no. 
And I would love and do you to, think like, that's why she's really not there? Do you think we're I blaming mean, COVID, but she's just pissed? Look, he, he they said he doesn't have a 90-day non-compete. They say he doesn't have a 90-day 90, 90 non-compete, so they just let him go. I know. I wonder, Charlotte, I wonder if Charlotte has something to do with that, too. Maybe. Maybe that was like a – you know he's going to be on AEW this week. And you know what? And AEW fans are going to get mad. If he goes to if he goes to AEW, he's going to be hot for what two weeks, and then he's just going to get lost in the in the sea of people out there. And that sucks. He's too talented. But I guess you have to go there. It's the second biggest company as of right now. So, I mean, my brother my my brother calls <laughs> AEW gang gang wars because everybody has like a gang <laughs> on AEW. <laughs> so I guess I guess you could just join yeah. one of those gangs. Did you guys hear, by the way, Jim Cornette talking about uh, <laughs> talking about MJF's new stable? <laughs> no, what did he say? <laughs> he just said, like, I forget exactly what he was saying, but uh, I think he said basically, that, Stro, do you remember? It was something like that he, he was really excited that, like, they were all together and that they were doing something good with them. And he's like, but look at who they're doing it with. He's like, the Revival have been clowns since they got there. Sean mm-hmm. Spears, has, he just he went off on each of them, like, individually. like all like all He's like, MJF, he's like, yeah, that's really great. He, he has so much potential in 2019 or something like that. He, said, he basically went off on everybody. And he's like, this is a great group if they're all debuting at the same time right now, is basically yeah. what he said. Yeah, you see the artwork. They had Chris Jericho and polka dots like Dusty Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, I saw that. <laughs> I saw that. We got to get their like, artists, man. It's it's weird to me. Like I look at the group. What 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 role does Tully play in all of this? Is he supposed to be like the JJ Dillon? I mean, I look at that group and I yeah. think he's probably the best wrestler in it. No, no, that wasn't wasn't nice. They have some good points. That's not right. He's the mouthpiece, though, for sure. So then, wouldn't you want MJF to do all the talking stuff? That's like one of his strong suits. I don't get it. And then you look at the group, and I had an AEW fan tell me, well, it's to make MJF the number one hill in the country, I mean, in the in the, in the the company. And I'm like, well, how can he be the number one hill when Kenny Omega is supposed to be the number one? Like, what the hell is going on right. in this show? Yeah. No, they're, they're all over the place. And one of the things that Cornette said that really resonated with me is, like, he understood this group a whole lot better than Jericho's inner circle uh, oh, because, yeah. in his opinion – um, and it was exactly what you said, Derek. Like, it looked like just a bunch of guys who happened to get together at catering, and, like, they didn't look like a unified group at all. They they didn't present the same. They were just all just five totally different guys who, like, seemed to have nothing in common, whereas, like, this group, four of them show up in suits, and then you got Sean Spears with his blonde mohawk and his whatever. They said he looked like, you know? I saw uh, Cornette said uh, that Sean Spears looked like Evil Butters from South Park with his haircut because he has like a little blonde <laughs> uh, uh, hair on top of his head. Kind of does. But, uh, wow. That's I funny. Don't, I don't. I don't get it. And you know, when you ask these questions, people get upset and they say you're a, you're a WWE fanboy. But uh, oh well. What's wrong with that? <laughs> right? I mean, Nothing wrong with that. 
You know what I mean? <laughs> Nothing wrong with that. So. Uh, Derek, uh, actually, you know what? Let's go to Rat Boy, and uh, then we'll be done with the callers, I think, for the evening. Uh, what's going on, Rat Boy? How you doing, brother? Hi, buddy. <laughs> Rat Boy. Rat Boy. All right. I was missing him on the video tonight. I, I you know, I can't go to the circus anymore. He's probably at, yeah. He probably called us and then went to Seven Eleven. Get his free milk. Get his free milk with his new teeth. Hot dog. He gets yeah, new teeth dog. and then the week, the next week, he has them out. He's not wearing them on video. <laughs> yeah. Derek, did you have a topic for this week? Did you did you uh I did. And I'm trying to oh, it, it, we kinda of touched oh, no. on okay. it with Oh no, we didn't. All right. Yeah. So I've been watching Impact, which is I mean, it's a good show. Um, <laughs> Why would you don't, think, don't admit that on air? I, mean, I, I, I love the out of the band. By but, the way, I yeah. love I love that the jackal comes out to the wedding song. Like that <laughs> That's amazing. But I feel like, I feel Sorry, like we, we had this discussion before, um, but not for a long period of time. But um, how is this AEW partnership helping Impact? Because um, at every turn they're making fun of them and saying how low rent. Because they're they gonna are. have a they're gonna have a legitimate world champion uh, <laughs> in about a month. And that's the thing. So Omega beats, Which is sad. beats Rich Swan. Yeah, he beats Rich Swan, and then you're the champion of a company that you told me is broke, has no talent, and means right. nothing. What, is, what does that belt mean then if you have it? Well, I, I mean, I guess what they're anything. I guess what they're getting out of it is that Kenny Omega will be making title defenses for them for the next couple of months. I'm guessing that's what they're getting out of it. You know, I, I, I thought about this the other day because I had nothing else to think about. And I, Derek, this is the only answer I can give you that makes any sense. Hear me out on this. You're TNA. You have basically nothing going for you at this point. You are, yeah. a, you are, you are a husk of a zombie that is just sort of drifting through outer space. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I mean, we, remember we started the TNA death clock almost 10 years yeah. ago. Yeah. So, damn right. You know, we've been off. Still ain't and dead. Still ain't dead, but close. It's really I was the only one that said they weren't dead. <laughs> it's really what they are. You're TNA. You essentially exist in some sort of living death. I think what this is, is the ability to build... I think what you're doing is you're pumping up the value of the parts that are about to get stripped off of you. I think this okay. is much more about... I think this is much more about the, the... Like, the partnership can help be part of the salvage operation okay. as much as anything else. This is, uh, it's the only answer that makes so this, sense. So, this is, so your answer is they're going to list the transmission on Craigslist and they want to make it seem more valuable. Yes. Okay. All right. I got you. <laughs> that might be. That it's might be. Not even that I necessarily believe that, like with, with with all of my heart. It's more that that's the old. That is the only explanation that I can even 
but like begin to say, oh, okay, that makes sense. What I would like to see is for AEW to absorb them and have Impact be a brand within AEW so that they have the two different companies and do everything that WWE hasn't done, which is keep them separate, and then eventually build toward matches that are interpromotional. That's what I would do. And I know it'll take a little bit of time because the talent isn't there like it is for Raw and SmackDown. But to me, that's the most logical answer. And you're bound for glories. And you're, um, what's AEW's big one? Is it All In, I guess, is uh, their big one? I think, it's, I think it's All In, yeah. So, like, All In, like, feasibly, you're doing champion versus champion in April in TNA. Your All In should be your champion versus champion match. That's what I would do. And somebody told me, well, they're building up, you know, Moose is going to be the one to beat Kenny Omega for the Impact title. And I was like, that's cool. So then the guy who lost to Rich Swan will beat the guy who beat Rich Swan for a belt that you've told me for the last six months means nothing. Like, none none of this means anything because you're doubting the title. And and, and like you said, maybe, maybe Impact's just so happy to have Kenny Omega on their channel that they're like, you know what, do whatever you want. Say whatever you want about us. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, I mean, the thing um, is, a couple weeks ago, a couple weeks ago, we we were having a discussion about um, sort of failed angles and and places where places where we thought promotions had sort of missed a good opportunity. And yeah, that's right. Yeah, right. Missed opportunities. <laughs> and <laughs> and Stro and I had Stro and I had got into a discussion about um, the value of CM Punk, you know, maybe having having been off TV for a long time and going to these other promotions and wrestling as the sort of exiled WWE. Yeah. And he he mentioned something really interesting. He mentioned that the danger in that is that is that what you end up doing is you end up stripping down everything around you rather than getting a net benefit from having that bigger name, that bigger promotion there. Mm-hmm. That that seems to be the, the point that TNA is at. Any benefit that they're getting, I mean, what? Okay, fine, so they have Kenny Omega on. To, to, to do what? I, I care no more and, in fact, probably care less about their company than I did a year ago. And that's hard to do. I, because the, the entire point of this run seems to have been to devalue TNA. I, I think that the point of this entire run has been to get more eyes on TNA. That's my impression of it. Now, I don't know what the ratings have been. I, I heard that their pay-per-view numbers were up a little bit. Um, but what's a little bit? They go from 10,000 to 30,000. I know at one point they were saying, Derek, don't I remember them saying at one point that, like, they were pulling pay-per-view numbers below 1,000? Yeah. I feel like I heard that. Yeah, it was real bad. Um, And they're on Twitch, so you're only getting but so many people to watch your show on Twitch anyway. Yeah. Right. And and if you wanted to get, you know, the rub from AEW, the only people from Impact they're sending – they're sending to the Wednesday show are the Good Brothers. That's it. Rich Juan hasn't been on the TV yeah. yet. 
Moose wasn't on the team. I don't know. Maybe they're just so happy, like I said, to be doing business with AEW. They go, hey, whatever you guys want, we'll do. And, and, and Don Callis, I guess he's considered an impact talent. He's getting over, too. But other than that, nobody's getting over an impact at all. You're going to get. I think um, Rich Juan would do appearances on AEW television to hype up the right? champion versus champion deal. You would think. You would think. Especially if you want to get eyes on that pay per view in April, which is a TNA pay per view, by the way, or Impact. Um, now that Juice Robinson and Finlay are the tag team champions in Impact, uh, again, a New Japan team, it just feels like the whole wrestling world is just getting smaller all around me. It's, it's a weird thing. Um, do you think they could be candidates to go to AEW? You know, like, I, I, I don't know. Like, I feel like they're going to have to do more, more than just having Tony Khan on the show to run them down. There's got to be and, more to it. And, you know, people will tell you, well, when they, when travels open back up, then Okada can come over to AEW and this guy and that guy. And Jim Cornette brings up a good point. Okada's not going to keep, you know, he's not going to bring in a whole new audience and get you above that 700K you get every week. No. The audience that loves no. Okada, you already have them. So they have to find a way. <laughs> they, there, they have access no to growth. Okada. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> there's been no growth so what, in AEW. They've kind of, and, and, and furthermore, they have to something else. Yeah, it, right. And if you bring Okada into AEW, what match are you going to be able to give them that they haven't already seen in New Japan? Exactly. Exactly. And it'll be a stripped down version as well. Look at Omega and Jericho. Yeah. And I tell people the only wrestler right now that you could put on AEW and it could bring in another half a million viewers would be a Roman Reigns or a John Cena. It has to be a big name from WWE because anybody else, you already have that audience already. John, it's not, it's John not a big Cena, deal. Roman Reigns, Randy Orton, Brock Lesnar. I, I think that's it. Yeah. They're the yeah, only feasibly, feasibly. You guys are going to kill me for saying it. I think CM Punk could be one of those guys, but I don't think he's going there. I think he wants to be in WWE. That's what I think. Probably. <laughs> I, I, I would think make sense. I think he wants. That's where you can make the most money. That's where you get the most exposure. I think he wants to go there. God, you know, so. and God, I hope so because I remember. Sorry, Derek. I I hope you are right because I remember doing this show and taking caller after caller, telling them, "Don't go back. Don't go back." Because one day he's going to run out of money. <laughs> they all do. They all do. All. He, Oh God! I'm old, you're right. He's got AJ Lee residuals. He's good. And I mean, just look at him. When he left, it was I'll never go back there. I hate them. Blah 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 blah. And if you listen to him now, he goes, "The creative has to be right, and the money has to be right." Well, we know the money's going to be yeah. right. And, and yeah. as far as creative, and so I think he's waiting around, and he's waiting for them to come to him with a story that he likes, so he can show up. I think he has no yeah. intention of going anywhere else. One one more name, one more name that was tossed around before the huge mega surprise of Christian, uh, The Undertaker, which like to me, all right, that's great. You bring in The Undertaker. I, first of all, I don't think he's going to do it. And uh, uh, John Finnegan, the old ECW ref, was having so much fun uh, trolling people the night of that pay-per-view. Like, oh, has, uh, 
has Mark has mean Mark shown up yet? <laughs> like he was like he's writing all this stuff, like messing with people who had called for the Undertaker to be part of AEW, as if that were like even like possible. Um, but I think he's a name that if they were to somehow get him, he could be somebody that would flip a lot of the audience. Uh, but again, it's a short list; it's on one hand. So I mean, I don't. No, no. First, you know it's true, though. I mean, I guess, yeah. I mean, I suppose, but like, I mean, there's a there's a better chance Roddy Piper shows up. Oh. <laughs> like, it's weird because it's just not gonna happen, bud. And it's crazy because all these guys they're getting—the uh, big shows, the Christians, the Stings, the Jerichos. They all say the same story. I went to Vince. Either Vince didn't want to pay them or Vince had nothing for them creatively, and they left and they <laughs> went to AEW. They all have the same You story. go ahead, pal. Go ahead. Yep. Congratulations. Even Edge. Edge goes. Yeah. Before Best of he luck. made his comeback, Edge said before he made his comeback, Tony Khan offered him a job. He goes, I have to call Vince. It's only right. And Vince said, come back, and he went with Vince. So it's like you remember? Even, Matt Hardy, yeah. even Matt Hardy said he didn't want to leave. Do you do you, re, do you remember what Vince said about Brett when he left for WCW? They're ruining him. They will, they won't know how to. They he won't said they won't know what them. to do with him. Yeah, they will. They won't know what to do with him. And I I, I hate they to say right. it, but they were right. Like, to a certain extent, <laughs> they were right. You know, the guy yeah. should have been the biggest name in wrestling, and uh, within three months he was just a guy there. Just a guy. And that was a shame. They, because they made the mistake of bringing him in as just a guy, mm-hmm. like thinking he could work, he'd have to work his way up like everybody else. And I, it, 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 I, I, I get the sense that AEW is kind of much in the same. Got their infrastructure. Um, almost anybody you bring in, they would have to almost start from scratch. Like Christian's going to start from scratch there. Um, at forty-nine years old. I don't think he's going to be able to make enough traction to ever get a heavyweight title like some of his fans are hoping. And the Christian thing sucks because he had so much more legs in WWE if he would have stayed with Edge. There were so many stories they they could have told with him yeah. and Edge. And Vince just goes, hey, he, he says he Vince had nothing for him creative. Um, okay. I don't. I, he says he has creative freedom in AEW, aka I get to tell Tony Khan what I want to do when it's time for plays. <laughs> right. But well, um, if everybody's got creative freedom, then it ain't creative freedom. Exactly. And I think Stroh said this a couple of weeks ago. You're giving creative freedom to Christian and Matt, and you know Cody has it in the box, and be, like eventually, two three years down the line, this could be where their downfall starts. We're going to look back and go, well, it all started when they brought in Big Show and Christian and this guy and that guy. And this could, could be, be the beginning of it if they don't figure could it be. out. Yeah, it could be. Uh, it's, uh, yeah. It, it, it's, it, and it all comes full circle, by the way, from our discussion earlier. Um, you know, again, people didn't have anything creatively for Christian. Well, you have this writing staff 
where their entire job is to come up with ideas for people. Mm-hmm. And I understand that there's this like, again, I've never been in a creative meeting for WWE. So what I'm saying is all secondhand information, but it's all things that were told to me. Uh, there's a culture of bullying. Uh, there's a culture of um, people not wanting to be heard because they don't want to be wrong. And there's a culture of, you know, if you're going to be ballsy enough to bring forward an idea, it damn well be a better be a good one. Otherwise, you're identifying yourself as somebody that we should let go. Yeah. And with those kind of like job parameters, you can't function to come up with ideas for people. It just doesn't work. I, I remember the revival said the last meeting they had with Vince, they had all these ideas and Vince hadn't heard any of them. And that's because they said, you have to tell this person who has to tell that person who has to tell another person to get it to Vince. Right. And they said, Vince admitted yeah. to them, the system is broken. And I think that's the problem. As Vince is getting older, he's putting all these middlemen in between them. And all it takes is for one middleman, like the Pritchard, to tell you he doesn't like your idea and it never gets to Vince and you never find out. Right. So that's uh, so that's what it is. Uh, that that is what that it positive, is. That positive, upbeat note that we can sort of tail out on as we head into the overtime. exactly what you want as we head into WrestleMania. You know, the most exciting <laughs> time of the uh, the pay per view calendar. I um, I mean, I'm disheartened. I, I'm disheartened um, because I when I see somebody like Andrade go. When you've got that bloated of a roster, uh, Derek Ray ran down the names on Raw and SmackDown um, that are members of the roster. Mm-hmm. You wouldn't believe that these are people that outlasted Andrade, and that's not a <laughs> knock on any of them. It's just you see what they've done with these guys and girls over the last five, ten years. There's no reason that you can't extend that degree of flexibility to Andrade to figure out something to do with him. Uh, David Otunga is still under contract. Oh, good. Dave's still cash. Like, what, what is he doing? It's nuts, man. What, what? I will say this. He's not even, I'm, he's not even with his girlfriend anymore. It's not even like they can send him to events. He doesn't even have the name value anymore. I will say this about no. WCW, and I'll give WCW credit for this. They would take guys who didn't have a storyline but were great in the ring, and they would just put them in the ring, and they would let them have great matches, and they would build from there. So there's no he reason himself. why you have a guy. Yeah, you, there's no reason why you don't have you have a guy like Ricochet, right? You go, just put him in yes. the ring and let let him have a great match, and we'll figure it out from there. There was times I would watch Nitro. That's and all you want. Ra- yeah, it'd be a random. Psychosis versus Super Kalau match, and the crowd would be going yeah. crazy because they were just having great matches. And then you go, "All right, let's figure out something for Psychosis because the people love them." And Vince can't even do that anymore. The formula is there. You know, yeah. you've got all this time. You've got a big roster. You you got plenty of time to showcase people. You got a brand split so that people aren't appearing on multiple shows, and this is what they're left with. You know, Raw is about the same five or six guys, and SmackDown is probably the same three or four every week. Uh, It is what it is. Um, I I don't know if you saw, we were talking about it earlier, the Randy Orton interview uh, with uh, Stone Mm -hmm. Cold. And um, I I thought it was interesting um, 
because he spent a good bit of time talking about the Undertaker and all that the Undertaker did for him when he was coming up. And, mm-hmm. like, in particular, you mentioned this, like, match that they had for SmackDown. They taped it, and, like, Undertaker gave him all this offense, you know, the drop kicks, the back body drop, the, the clotheslining him over the top rope, all this stuff that Undertaker just usually doesn't do, you know? And he gets to the back, and Vince is like, what the hell was that? You know, and uh, Undertaker says, you know what? Full circle. Somebody did that for me. That's how I got mm-hmm. where I am. I'm doing that for him. And it's crazy to think Randy Orton's been with WWE now for 19 years, I think it is. Um, Jesus. He is. <laughs> the Undertaker had spent less time in WWE at that point than Randy Orton has now. Um, by a lot. <laughs> Uh, Randy Orton is about to like break the record for the most WWE matches ever because he's been going for 19 years and he's not a part timer. That's true. That's right. He's he's been full time. He's still going. Yeah. The, the only one who maybe came close to touching him, I'm guessing, is like uh, Triple H. I'm, I'm guessing. Um, it, it's crazy. It, it is absolutely crazy. And uh, but Orton was talking about doing the same thing for. Uh, I forget who he said it was. I think it was Angel Garza, but I don't remember offhand. But, you know, just giving him all this offense and stuff and then gets to the back and he's waiting for Vince to, like, yell at him, you know? Yeah. Like, so he can do the full circle line. Vince isn't even there. I, I remember because I watched that and he was doing anything. He was like, you know, give, I'll give you a name and tell me what you think about this person. And they named Ricochet. Yeah. And he, yeah. Goes, and he goes, amazing talent, but he's missing something. But I want to help him find what that something is. And like yes. you said, when Randy, when Randy was coming up and it was him and it was Cena and it was Shelton Benjamin and it was Batista, they had guys like Eddie Guerrero and Taker who would put them in the ring and help them find who they are. And other than Randy, another who's one. that guy now? Yep. Yeah, other, other than Randy, who's that guy that can do that with you? Maybe Daniel Bryan, if you let Daniel Bryan do yeah. it. But other than that, you know, Daniel Bryan right. did it for Gulak. That, there's not a lot, yeah. Last year at right. Fastlane, Daniel Bryan had a great match with Drew Gulak. And then Gulak just disappeared off television. <laughs> he was never yep. seen again after that. I know. I know. And and the other thing was the um, the promos, and it ties in with what you were saying. You know, like th- let them go out and wrestle, let them be themselves, and let them talk as themselves, and then let them yep. sink or swim based on their abilities. That's the only way to figure this out, and it's the only way to do it. Um, I think it was Ray. You brought up like the inverted thing. And it's totally true. Um, when they bring you in to NXT, the first thing they do is throw you in promo class and they throw you to the wolves, Derek. You know, you got to come up with your own promo, your own character, all this stuff. And they literally give you almost nothing. And they, and they, they start you at that. And they work you up to where when you're a veteran, they're writing out promos that you have to memorize and deliver. It, and it's so crazy because... Yeah, and everything you you did to get signed and everything you did to get their attention, they deleted away from you. <laughs> they take everything away from you. It, it, it'd be like if you were in the NFL and you signed Patrick Mahomes. You go, look, I don't want you to improvise anymore. I don't want you to run. I just want you to sit <laughs> in the pocket and throw passes. It's like, then what the hell did you sign me for if you didn't want me to be me? Right. Right. I think the Eagles, I'm that was one of their – Go ahead. I'm not even sure that's an extreme enough analogy. It's almost like if you, the, the way that they use talent in the most ridiculous fashion that they do, it's almost as if they signed 
uh, you know, they said Patrick Mahomes, and they said, go play safety, son. Well, that's yeah. what I was going to say. Yeah. Yeah. The Eagles used too. to do that. You, you, you sign a, you sign a D back, you sign a, a, you sign a cornerback and tell him you want him to play end. Put on 20 pounds. Go well, why not sign an end if you're going right. to do that? That's <laughs> oh, crazy. They did it last year. That's why the Eagles suck. Uh, whatever. Uh, <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, so that's where we are. Um, they have a lot of time, and they have a lot of talent. Man, just give them a chance. Yeah. Right. Let them go out there and see what happens. That's all they got to do. Yeah, we used to talk about the kennel, and I can't believe that Alistair Black is, like, the main guy in the kennel now. It's weird. Like somebody, and I think it has maybe because Vince is getting older, and I've realized this with my grandparents. As they get older, and you try to help them, they go, "No, I can do it." And I wonder if people are trying to help Vince, and he just goes, "I know what I'm doing," and they just like, "All right, fine, whatever, Vince, it's your company." Because just imagine that reminds if me. All the, yeah. Imagine if all Sorry. those years ago, you had Steve Austin, and he's being managed by Ted DiBiase because you think he can't talk. DiBiase leaves and Vince just goes, well, we can't do anything with this Austin guy. Just pay him to sit in the back. Right. That's what they would do now. You know? Hunter went out with his friends. He went into business for himself. We're never going to use that guy again. (laughs) We're punishing him, yeah. Let his contract run out. (laughs) And we're going to keep extending him because he hurt his knee. So not only (laughs) are we punishing him, we're going to continue to pay him to do nothing. For the yeah. even longer than he wanted, um, it, it, it's crazy. Actually, um, it's probably the perfect note to go out on. I I saw an interview this week. I think it was Stephanie McMahon. Uh, I forget who it was with, but it was Stephanie McMahon talking about who would take over when Vince ultimately steps down. Mm-hmm. And I was very disheartened by the answer that she gave I because it was. So you was saw I. this. Yeah, I, I was. This and so was I. I was like, this is this is not what I wanted to hear because I don't like necessarily the way things are now. Um, it's not Triple H. It's not Stephanie. It's not Shane. They're filled with executives. Oh Jesus! Who are all trained to fill all the different roles oh. that Vince has because Vince is irreplaceable. Oh Jesus! Oh, Jesus. oh my God! Vince is ir- So we're gonna have. Uh, it's going to be bad if that's if that's really how they look at it. You know, do you think, it's it's do you going think, to be bad. You think maybe when he's gone, they're like, all right, you know, the old man's gone, we can run it our way. <laughs> maybe because like, maybe cause maybe like she's just saying what leaves, he wants to hear. Everybody who leaves, they always tell you how much they loved working with Triple H. Like even Andrade, he thinks. Every, he thanked everybody but Vince McMahon, but mm-hmm. and you would think it'd be a much better place creative-wise if you just left it to Triple H and Stephanie. Now, business-wise, Vince is amazing. He's good at making business deals, but creatively, you would think it'd be a more warm, welcoming place if you go, all right, Hunter, you're in charge now. You feel like, I feel like they wouldn't would lose think. as much talent. I would think. And I think it actually would be better. I mean, the 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 idea that I heard years ago that I still think is what they should do is Hunter runs the wrestling aspect of it, and Stephanie and to a certain extent Shane run the business end of it. That makes sense. Makes sense yeah. to me. 
Yeah. Me too. All right, there you go. Because I had heard they said, you know, when when Vince was gone and Triple H was in charge, Triple H was going to get rid of all the Vince guys. That means uh, he'd get rid of my man Big John Laurinaitis. He'd get rid of all of Vince's Jess guys. Pritchard, they'd all be gone because him and Stephanie don't like any of Vince's Jess guys. Even the, um, what's the director's name? Uh, Kevin Dunn. They said they'd get rid of Kevin Dunn too. So they want to start fresh. Oh, Vince and only I, likes you, Vince is the only one that likes Kevin Dunn, right? Yeah. Wasn't that what I, I heard? Think, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Because I would think it'd be like a breath of fresh air to to, to have Triple H in charge. But if, if they're going to run things the way they're doing now, they're in trouble for years to come. Uh, one final thing I wanted to mention, Stro, I, I thought you would find this interesting. Uh, the Randy Orton interview, they talked about the RKO. The origins mm-hmm. of the RKO. And uh, I, I found it interesting because I had heard a story that they had him call Dallas Page to get permission to use yeah. He didn't mention Dallas Page once. Oh, oh no. Wow. He said wow. he was friends with John Laurinaitis, and Laurinaitis suggested using it because his old finisher was hurting his shoulder too much. <laughs> Unreal. That was his answer. Unreal. I mean, listen, I understand the Ace Crusher was around before DDP, but Stro, is it safe to say that DDP made that move? Absolutely. My God. Yeah. Yeah. That was yeah. <laughs> yeah. That was like huge back then. Like that was like that might have been the biggest finisher in WCW at the time, save like the Jackhammer. Pretty much. Yeah. You know? You would watch you would watch so. Nitro for the newest way to do the diamond cutter, Sting, Goldberg, and the NWO. <laughs> Those were the four yeah. things and maybe the cruiserweight. So that was it. <laughs> and Randy Orton literally stole that from him too, where like he's doing the RKO out of nowhere. Like you never know. He was joking around like the one he did on Evan Bourne, like he was about a foot and a half off the mat because he was on his back. <laughs> he does his like uh, eight-time flippy-do thing, and then, like, Randy Orton just, like, barely props up on his elbows and slams him about six inches to the mat, and, like, that, and Randy Orton gets the credit for RKO and him out of nowhere. That was all Evan Bourne. That oh, was Evan placement. Bourne. That was, like, yeah. <laughs> it was funny. Of, I recommend people check cutter. out that interview if you haven't seen it. It's amazing. Speaking of the diamond cut before, I just want to say one of my favorite things yeah. WCW ever did is when uh, Canyon was giving everybody Canyon cutters, like just out of nowhere, and he was like, he yeah, was just randomly, he was randomly better. giving it to people. <laughs> like it was one yeah. time he was like leaving, <laughs> he was leaving the arena, and the guy with the security guards lifting the gate for him, and he just goes and gives the guy the the Canyon cutter. He's like bang, and he disappears and runs away into the night, like stuff like that. It was amazing. <laughs> <laughs> That is amazing. So everybody, definitely check out the Randy Orton interview with Stone Cold. Actually, you could tell that they were huge fans of each other, even though they didn't mm-hmm. necessarily get along younger in Randy's career, which made yeah. it interesting. It started out tense, but it opened up, and there was a lot of joking. They finished, like, a whole bottle of Jack Daniels and had, like, three beers each, like, yeah, during the course that. of the interview. So, like, you know it was yeah. good. Uh, so, oh, nice. please. Like I said, I, I, I don't watch all of them. But that has been by far my favorite of the Stone Cold interviews since he's back on the network. So I recommend yeah, checking it, it out. Yeah. Um, it was it was it was really good. Um, better than Bailey, I think, and Bailey's was great. 
Um, yeah. Better than Taker's, honestly. Because Taker didn't say a whole lot that I didn't already know. Yeah, he just repeated stories. No. Yeah, yeah. But no, this was great. And they even had like a, a thing where they were going back and forth laughing. Like, you know, it was Stone Cold hitting the stunner. Then it was Randy hitting the RKO. And they just kept going back and forth laughing at each other. And like the funny flops that people were doing whenever they hit it or whatever, it was just great, you know. <laughs> like he does, uh, he does the stunner on like the Rock, and the Rock just like he stands up tall, and then he just like falls back like a, like timber, you know, just like like a tree. <laughs> it was amazing, you know. Or like freaking Kurt Angle like flipping around three times, like it. It's uh, I definitely recommend checking it out. The whole thing was very good. Um, <laughs> Ray, did you have anything to uh, to plug on the way out? No, I don't. Make sure you okay. tune in for the Stro Zone, and thanks for listening. Yeah, what what about you, Derek? Anything uh, anything uh, to mention? I probably have something next week. I got to see, but it feels good to be back. Okay. And, uh, like like Ray said, check out the Stro yes. Zone. I enjoy it. We missed I, you. I watch it. I watch it every week. Oh, thank you. I missed you guys too. Yeah, we it, it flows. It flows very nice when you're here. Uh, all right, Stro, what do you got, man? Uh, just repeating earlier, uh, Thursday night, WWE Retro, uh, not to be standard time, com. I will be talking Terry Funk, Terry Funk night. So anybody with some cool Terry Funk stories, please call in. And um, Friday night on the Stro Zone on my Facebook page, which is facebook.com slash Maestro. Midnight, Eastern Standard Time. The feature will be the Monster Makers in the 50s. I love it. I love it. Uh, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in to In the Room this week right here on the VOC Nation Radio Network. Don't forget to check out all the other great programs right here on VOCNation.com, live and on-demand content each and every day of the week. Tomorrow we're going to have a brand-new wrestling with history. Uh, We're going to have Shelly Rye with Shelly Martinez. We've got Stro Maestro coming up. Uh, Manny, Manny Fernandez has a show on Friday. Jerry Strauss this week debuted. He had uh, Candace Michelle, and he's got another guest this week. So lots of great stuff. Be sure to check it out each and every day of the week, VOCNation.com. Don't forget to subscribe to YouTube as well. Just search VOCNation. Lots of great stuff there. Be on the lookout for Patreon and the new website coming out in April. So be on the lookout for that stuff. Everything is just coming along very swimmingly. So I think it's going to be a really, really, really really, really good thing. So thank you everybody for the support. Uh, ECWA is back. It's April 3rd. Night of Unusual Matches. I'll be there in Morganville, New Jersey. Tickets and information, ECWAWrestling.com. Also, don't forget, May 1st, ECWA's 25th Annual Super 8 Tournament. I don't have the entire class written down right in front of me. I apologize. Headlined by Ricky Morton. So that's good. You know Ricky Morton's going to be there. It's going to be a great time. Uh, so be sure to check that out. Again, tickets and information, ecwawrestling.com. Uh, that's going to do it for this week. Thank you to Kathy, to Stro, to Derek, to Ray, to Matt. Uh, thank you to all the callers, each and every one of you guys. I love you all very much. Thanks for the support. Thanks for the love. And uh, we'll see you guys down the line. Take care. We'll talk to you real soon. Bye-bye.